What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll be talking plenty of Birds of Prey. We had a Birds of Play, uh, excuse me, a Birds of Prey uh, release come out this week. Um, we watched that movie, so this uh, episode will also serve as a Birds of Prey review show. We also have some box office numbers that have come out that are very interesting, and I have a lot to say about. I'm sure all we all have a lot to say about box office performance for that movie so we got plenty of birds of prey stuff we also got some uh some interesting marvel stuff some 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 uh, director news some some interesting little tidbits some maybe hints at what we may be seeing in future marvel movies and on television so we got a lot to get to i don't want to waste too much time when we get to my co-host i'm gonna start with sham shamari stewart joins me in the studio shamari what's up dude hey ej yeah i'm glad to be back um of course glad to do hero talk with you guys um, you know, it's, uh, you know, especially with EJ in studio, of course, uh, you know, not always in studio, but glad yeah. to have you in studio this week. Um, and, uh, I am glad because we have quite a few interesting things to talk about. And of course we have that Birds of Prey movie review, which we had been anticipating for many months now. Um, is that, the, is that's the, that's the first, uh, superhero movie review of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the first superhero really movie exciting. review of the year. So it's exciting stuff. Um, it's one of many. Uh, that uh, well, I'd say not actually. No, not many because this year is no. Kind well, of we have, oh yeah, all we have is Eternals and, and yeah, uh, Eternal, Black Widow, Eternals and Black and Wonder Woman. Eternals, we do Black, have Wonder Woman, Black Woman, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman. Well, that I forgot about Wonder Woman, which we'll get into this conversation we're about to have about Warner Brothers and marketing. But and indeed, um, but yes, so it's a lot of good stuff to talk about in the show. Kendall joins me as well. He is not in studio, but he he is on this podcast. Kendall, what's up, dude? What are you looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, uh, it's interesting you mentioned Warner Brothers because while, you know, we'll talk about some of their marketing strategies, uh, one of them that did work was Joker, which ended up, you know, winning uh, an Academy Award for Best Score yep. and, and also won uh, an Academy Award uh, for uh, Best Actor with Joaquin Phoenix, Best Actor in a Leading Role, so... Uh, shout out to that movie. You know, it's always great when you have, uh, you know, these these theme park movies, as Martin Scorsese likes to call them. Uh, I don't think he would call Joker that. No, because a lot of people uh, argue that Joker is a ripoff of Taxi Driver. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he will deny he had any influence on that movie. But, um, but yeah. Uh, but still, shout out to, these, to the superhero movie medium for... Uh, continuing to uh you know break barriers and break ground um as we after we saw what black what black panther was able to do so shout out to shout out to joker it shut massive shout out to joker first of all that was awesome and i got to see um i got to watch uh martin i'm mean, excuse me martin jesus uh joaquin's speech which was also very <laughs> inter- about- very interesting yeah he's a uh, he, a lot of people were like, "Man, he's 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 very uh, he's just as awkward uh, as Arthur Fleck." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of playing himself. Uh, that's messed up. I saw someone like, "Yo, don't think for a second that Batman isn't somewhere in the rafters, just waiting for Joker to pull some stuff during this Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix speech." <laughs> um, but nah, uh, it was an interesting speech. Uh, not th- necessarily one I was expecting, um, but that's. I think right, Kendall's kind of right. Like, kind of part of the character. Like, you know, who knows what to expect from that someone who who would play the role like the Joker. Now, the they, question. Yeah, I, go ahead. I'm not. 
Well, I'm not super familiar with like Joaquin Phoenix as a person before this movie. You know, he, you know, he had an interesting situation at one of these festivals or something or another award show where he kind of blew up. I think it was at the Golden Globes actually, where he kind of blew up at reporters uh, for asking him about <laughs> for asking him about the movie. But um, like, is this a, is this a deal where he's kind of becoming more of the character that he played, or like, it, what has he always been kind of a, a, a quirky guy? My my understanding is that he's always been kind of quirky, but he just never got that much spotlight until now. No, he's got spotlight. spotlight. He's got spotlight. I just think maybe he hasn't been on our radar per se, like the the superhero person radar per se. I think in terms of the Hollywood radar, he's kind of always been thought of as kind of like a quirky character. I mean, Shamar, I don't know if you would agree with that. Uh, I haven't been, uh, admittedly, I haven't been following Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Is, I have been following his, his career as closely as probably a lot of other people have been. Sure. Um, uh, but I know he's known in Hollywood. You yeah. know, that much we oh, can, yeah, we, star. we can yeah. gather that. Now um, he's, I mean, a household name to yeah. all people, you know, so it's, it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different, uh, vibe, but you know, I mean, this is this could just be the start for Joaquin Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like, also, yeah. What's also interesting, Kendall, is this win. And I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I remember when Heath won for Dark Knight. That felt that felt like a real, real win for the superhero community. Black Panther getting nominated felt like a real, real win for the superhero community. Am I wrong in feeling that this one felt different? Like that, that like the euphoria, the praise, the just over the top bragging that I feel like I normally would have done for a superhero movie actor getting that kind of award. I didn't feel it for this role. Interesting. Am I the only person who felt that way? And that makes if if so, then I have to ask, well, why did I feel that way? Now I have to do a self evaluation. But I mean. It's I, I I wouldn't I would say I, I I wouldn't say I felt that way I would say that I would that I mean I'm not, I'm not like the type that would be celebrating anyway mm-hmm. but um but I think I, I think Super fans should have a, a reason to, to 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 feel good about this movie I feel like I think it, so if I am the only one who feels that way tomorrow you don't seem to I don't you haven't chimed about I, do you mm-hmm. did you also feel that way or do you, am I on the island here um, if, if I'm on the island then I can ex- maybe explain why. Yeah, I would say I didn't, because um, I wouldn't say, I didn't really feel it either way, really. So you kind of are on an island. Okay. But I didn't I didn't really have any kind of opinion in, in terms of even thinking about it in that way. Okay. Uh, so I just saw it as, wow, Joker, good for Joker, good for Joaquin Phoenix. I guess the reason why I felt that way was because of the, I mean, I, this is the first time I think I, I feel how some of the, people who feel like they get ostracized and kind of pushed aside by mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to even call them. I don't want to just say the liberal mob. <laughs> like like something like, you know, Rush Limbaugh will say something like that. The elites. But like, I guess I kind of got beat down by how much people were like, this is a white male rage movie and if you like this like, something's probably wrong with you. And like, it's not like those people are a lot of people even, because like you realize how small social media is, and like, yeah, like you, you can echo, you can definitely chamber. overrate it in terms of like how loud that like small small echo chamber is. But I think it beat me down a little bit, and I think that like 
the normal happiness I would have had in seeing a character that I followed so closely throughout my entire life, and a, a movie I loved so much, and a performance I loved so much. I think that all that baggage that came with it, I think, ended up kind of so, like soiling that feeling, the feeling that there are a lot of other people who look at that movie as dangerous or as just another like example of like again white white male rage, which is something I 100% don't identify with <laughs> as a black Obviously. as a black man. I have yeah. no identification whatsoever, and and I don't know. I think that kind of like it didn't it didn't hit me the way it should have. I was happy. But like I again, I remember when Black Panther was nominated that morning mm-hmm. and just how that felt. I remember when Heath won and how that felt, and this just felt totally different. I think it was because of like there's so much of the you know if you think this is great or if you think this is good, something's wrong with you. And I don't know. I've, I yeah, I've told you I've gone on that rant a million times on the show, so I'm not gonna do it again. But like the whole idea that like if it's not for you, like it's bad thing. It's just like the worst thing we have going on. I think in how we analyze anything critically. Yeah, and, and, for, and that's, me, that's I think I think usually it doesn't bother me, but I think it bothered me with this. For me, I think the other the other factor that you have to consider is uh, it could could also be a little bit of like all right, you know, especially with a character like Joker that you mentioned, Heath Ledger. Like, it's not when something happens once, you know, or twice, it's kind of like, wow. But you know, after the now we're starting, it's starting to become normal, which is great. And maybe that's a part of it as well, that, like, these superhero movies and these superhero characters, you know, winning. And, one, it wasn't an upset. We kind of already knew. I wouldn't say we knew, but it was a good there was a good chance that he was going to win. But, um, like, it's it's now becoming normalized that these superhero movies can can compete, <laughs> you know, depending on depending on the type of movie you make. It's, not, it's still not going to be easy. It's still an uphill battle, but... Um, I guess when you take out that lack of surprise, you know, that element of surprise, I think that uh that also kind of plays a role in maybe not having the same kind of reaction because when Heath Ledger does it, it's the first time. And sure. when Joker when when Black Panther is nominated for Best Picture it's the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, like those types of things are are uh are factors I think as well. For sure. Yeah, I think that's a great point too. Shout out to that's true. Shout out to Joaquin Phoenix. Shout out to the um, whole and, Joker crew. And not to cut you off, but this in in reality also the first time because the first time a, a lead has ever yeah. Won, but yeah, you know. and that's true. But like, and I thought about that when you said it, and I'm glad you corrected yourself in that aspect. But I I kind of let it go because I was like, yeah, it's. But it's still. I don't think it really mattered to me if it was like the lead or not. Like it, it still right. felt like oh, an actor who played a role that already another actor played that same role. Yeah, won. won it. Yeah, like yeah, that does add to it too. But but I, I do and I do think that you're right that that is a factor. But I do think another factor also is just like how much segments of our society were trying to make people feel bad about liking this. That and I don't know. Again, I don't I, like. It's one of the things I think is so whack. <laughs> like it's just like there's certain things I just think are whack and like I'll never like understand or like try to like justify. But like that deal of like making people feel bad for liking content. It's just not for them. Like it's just like oh, I don't know. It's just something I don't get. But anyway, um, let's get to the show. Let's talk about uh, Birds of Prey. We'll get to the review in the second half of the show because you guys clearly, I know you guys, you know, some of you guys might not have seen it. The box numbers 
box office numbers are just maybe a lot of you didn't see it, which we're going to talk about in a second. But if you have seen it, we're going to have a review of the show, um, a review of the movie, rather, and the second half of the show. So you could fast forward probably an hour or so to get to that part of it. But let's talk about the box office so we'll have no spoilers in this aspect of the, of the conversation. So this is a non-spoiler conversation about Birds of Prey, just in terms of the and box Daniel office. Daniel up. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till you see Green Lantern. Um, nah. Uh, so this was a not a good weekend for Warner Brothers. You got to just be blunt. We can talk about the critical success this movie is, because right now it is. It's very the critics love it. I think the fans, for the most part, really like it. Yeah. I was surprised though. I went into my Hale and Hardy at work, and there were a lot of. You know, I'm cool with them because a lot of them are like all superhero nerds, and all of them hated it, um, which was surprising. But then one of them threw like a whole like, "Oh, but that what do you expect in DC?" And I was like, "Oh, is this just like a DC hate thing?" I couldn't tell. I didn't think those people existed, but then I was like, "Oh, maybe these are the people that DC fans <laughs> complain about." Um, and we'll get into what we thought about the movie, I guess, later on in the show. But even without barring our opinion, um, most people seem to like this movie. That didn't seem to help the box office because it did terrible numbers. Um, it raked, raked in $33 million over the course of the weekend domestically. That's $20 million below expectations. It uh, over, world, over the course of the worldwide weekend, it only raked in $81 million. I hate to use the word. I hate to use it, but I got to say it. This is a flop. I mean, is it wow. how how else can we a superhero movie in 2020 with one of Hollywood's biggest actresses with one of DC's most recognizable characters does 33 million in the opening weekend? There's no other way to describe that other than a flop. And when you guys hear me talk about the movie in the second half, you'll know that that pains me to say that. I don't take pride in it, but that's a flop. Easy. Not even. Does someone want to argue this? Because <laughs> I don't think there's an argument. That's a those are terrible numbers. Yeah, there's no argument. I mean the the movie did not do well in the opening weekend. Um, I think that there are um, varying reasons. It, it's all due to marketing, but there's varying reasons within the marketing. There's many many things that they should have done differently. Um. Some things they're trying to retroactively do. <laughs> some things they're trying to retroactively <laughs> which is, do. Which is crazy. And uh, there's some things that are just par- parts of the movie, good or bad, that are not going to help its sales. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's various, various different aspects. So, it is, when they first started marketing the movie, and I think you were you hit the nail on the head when you pointed this out, EJ. Mm-hmm. They marketed this as a Harley Quinn movie. Mm-hmm. Is Harley Quinn the movie with Birds of Prey? No one knows what the Birds of Prey are, who they are, what their deal is. Mm-hmm. No, one, no one knows who they are. I guarantee you people watching the trailer are like, oh, who are, who are these other characters? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn, she's being Harley Quinn in the movie. And there's Ewan McGregor's in the movie, Obi-Wan. And, like, that's it. That's really all you know about the movie based on the first trailer. The second trailer I thought was much better. Though even given that, it didn't it didn't gain enough steam. It just absolutely one hundred percent didn't gain enough steam in time, and um, I feel like it didn't. In and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my review out of it, but there are good portions of the movie that I don't feel like were advertised, mm. as well as they 
could have been advertised. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a shame. You know, I feel like it's funny because normally I'm not, you know, Marvel, if DC did what Marvel <laughs> did. But if they got if they got the people who cut Marvel's trailers to cut trailers for this movie, I think this movie would have done much better. People that market Marvel's movies to market this movie, I think this movie would have done a hundred times better. And the I people think, that are yeah. marketing Black Widow, I was about to say, who are marketing this movie, this movie would have done much. Better. I was about to say because there are going to be people, Kendall, who are going to, you know, the idiots on social media will lean on, oh, it's the women, that's why I didn't do well. Meanwhile, you know, we've already had Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, massive Wonder successes, Woman. and Black massive Widow is about, and why Black Widow is going to do great numbers this summer. So. That's not it. There's, there's, some, there's something more to what happened. What do you think happened with these box office numbers? And do you agree that this is this does quantify a flop? Um, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I think. I mean, I don't know if we talked about it last week or maybe it was just me and Shamari talking in off, off air. But uh, I know we we mentioned how we both thought that this wasn't going to do well financially you know and um you know you look at that you know the fact that we were able to kind of predict that this wouldn't be a smash success makes you think that certainly some of it has to do with the the marketing of this movie um you know this movie compared to suicide squad just hadn't been i feel like in, at the forefront of the of the pop culture conversation now this movie doesn't have will smith and i think that certainly hurts but it's still, there's still no excuse for this movie to kind of be, you know, the the kind of no name, you know, movie that it that it was when, like you said, it was a good movie has it has a lot of character to it, has a lot of energy, you know, it's not a boring movie. Um, it had it has a lot of potential to be marketed a certain way, but um, I don't know, I I, I just, you know, you wanna you 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 wanna look at Obviously, you know, like you said, people look at, you know, it's an all female led movie that's going to hurt it. I, like you said, I, I'm not I'm not buying that. You know, <laughs> there are plenty of plenty of female centric movies that do much better. Um, I don't know. I, you know, Warner Brothers, from what I've heard, Warner Brothers has mentioned the coronavirus. <laughs> as a, that's an outrageous number. That's a, I mean, an outrageous uh, excuse. Yeah, that's, 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 what I, that's what I heard. That's just bizarre. <laughs> So I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the case or not. That's what some people are talking about. Well, the coronavirus is affecting the numbers potentially. I'm like I don't know. This, you know, this, Man, not- if coronavirus could be in New York City, and trust me, Avengers Endgame would have done just fine. <laughs> it could have been in New York City, hundreds infected, people were seeing Endgame. Would not have <laughs> bothered. Wouldn't have affected that at all. So let's let's get right. that out the window already. Yeah. So I mean, like. I don't know. I, I I look at the 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 marketing of this movie, and I think the biggest issue was that I think they overestimated Harley Quinn's uh, Harley Quinn's pull, and mm. I think in today's today's day and age, um, if you don't have a cast full of big name actors and actresses, which this movie just didn't have. It had Margot Robbie, obviously, and Hugh McGregor was in there, but it was just wasn't. It wasn't like a bunch of A-listers, like Suicide Squad was. You have to, you have to sell people on the story, and 
people weren't sold on the story of this movie and the story of this movie isn't that comp isn't that complex and some people may have issues with that but like a lot of people you know <laughs> didn't even know what the story of the movie was and i think there are some aspects of it where it's like if you tell too much it kind of becomes spoilers and they kind of left it vague for a reason because even the way they tell the story you kind of it's kind of better to not know anything you know so you can't kind of tell what's going on but um but yeah no i i think they just let they left people to just to just like they they just assumed people were going to see the movie because harley quinn margot robbie and you know a bunch of other characters when they overestimated her pull because with wonder woman I think they sold the one they they I think they they marketed that one more, but also they sold a movie that I think had more story, and Wonder Woman inherently is a bigger character than than Harley Quinn. Uh, but this movie PG thirteen or rated R? It's rated R, so that that that, that that has to be part of the conversation. Was yeah, that a, was that a mistake? Well, I yeah, I think I said at the time I thought it was a mistake. Yeah, but, no, Ken, I know you 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 said did say that. Now that you've true. seen the movie without spoiling it, do you feel like it was a it mistake? It didn't have to be rated R, one hundred percent. Like there are things in this movie. Honestly, I feel like this movie was kind of rated R. I don't say for no reason, but like I don't think they. This isn't one of those movies where it's like, all right, they it's rated R and they used it. You know, like they kind of they still. I don't say they told the it's, line. It's, but, it's, like, not, it's not Deadpool, right? It's not Deadpool, like. Right. Like the theater I went to was very was very very empty, but there there were kids in there, and like it wasn't that, it wasn't like I was like uncomfortable watching this movie with kids, you know what I mean? Right. So on that level, I'm like, it probably should have been PG thirteen. I don't know if that that probably doesn't get them even that much more, but it gets them closer. Yeah. To a right. more respectable number, so you know I that also didn't help. Yeah, the rated. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. Shout out to my dad. I didn't even think about the rated R number, rated R rating, when thinking about this box office number. But you and him are one hundred percent right. That was a terrible decision. Like clearly, easily, like especially for a a movie that has its themes of female empowerment. That's what I said at the time. That you wouldn't that you wouldn't include that you wouldn't allow young girls to see it by the rating you gave it. It just seemed odd. Like, to me, like, superheroes, like, superheroes are interesting because, like, yeah, like, you know, us fanboys, like, you know, we, we are the core. But in many ways, like, you know, you got, just like in politics, like, you can't just, you can't just, you know, always just appeal only to your core base that may be small. You got to bring in a, a broader coalition. These are the buzzwords you're hearing nowadays in the 2020 election. It's kind of the same with movie making. I mean... Yeah, me, you, and me, Shmari, and Kendall may be the core, quote-unquote, and maybe other fangirls are the core, but, like, the broader base for superhero movies are, includes kids. That broader coalition includes a lot of kids every time. There's no... That's also not arguable. Like, so... And I'm not saying you need to make a movie that's geared towards kids, per se, but, like, to me, to just eliminate them, it was a very risky move. Like that was that was, and to me, if you're gonna do it, you better like you said, you gotta you gotta earn it. You gotta you gotta earn that rated R rating. Like, don't get you'd rather get your money's worth. Just like you know, if you're gonna get in a fight, get your money's worth. Like, don't like you know play patty cake. You know, really 
throw it down. If you're going to do rated R, get your money's worth. Did they really get their money's worth with this rated R rating? I would argue probably not. There are a couple of gnarly violent scenes. Like, oh, okay, that was pretty crazy. Um, there are a couple of F-bombs in there. Were they necessary? Did they add that much to it? I don't know if they really did. I mean, they were, eh, mm-hmm. you know? I, and there are a lot of things they did that I feel like maybe if you didn't show the gratuity, like my as my dad mentioned, that you could have still had those scenes but just not shown the gratuity of it. Like, you know, I don't want to get spoilers, but, like, things that happened, you absolutely could have had happen and just not shown it. And I don't think it would have changed much. Yeah. I think that I feel like when it comes to Harley Quinn as a character, and I'm taking this movie in conjunction with the animated show. Mm-hmm. You seem to be kind of trying to ge- have Harley Quinn be more geared towards adults for some reason. I mean, the adults that are people that are adults now. I'd, mean you, I'd argue she grew prob- up with Harley, and Quinn. I'd argue that I, I can see the argument that she should be. Like I, I know I, I understand that argument because right. this is a woman who survives domestic abuse, mm-hmm. is deeply disturbed, and. It's probably the, not the kind like, of person the you ever. Right, it's probably not the kind of person you want kids idolizing. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying I I'm not saying I agree. <laughs> yeah, and I, we both are making the argument. So I'm not saying I agree. I'm not saying I, I disagree with what you're saying. I'm just saying that argument is an argument that on the surface makes total sense. It does make total sense. And um you know, though I I feel like by that same token Yet they have Harley Quinn included in, like, say, the DC Superhero Girls yeah, and other things exactly. where they're marketing right. Harley Quinn to kids. Right. And you have kids she's, talking about Harley Quinn. You have in, Harley she's Quinn. In, she's in video games. <laughs> you have her in video I, I, games. I, I, you have her in Suicide Squad. Or not, well, you do. Yeah, exactly. You have her in Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, you have her in all these other things where your kids are going to be there. And kids are going to be like, hey, Harley Quinn. You know, you had and, the, How many and, times and, have we talked about we go to Comic-Con and how I'm disturbed I am when I see 13-year-old girls dressed as Harley Quinn? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, disturbing. I, mean, I, interviewed a, I interviewed a, you know, a 10-year-old, 10-year-old girl <laughs> and her family, and she was dressed up as Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff is like, I mean, that's why. And look, Warner Brothers knows that more than we do. They, right. they, 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 as you would think, they, they know what Harley Quinn's consumer base is. I'm sure you could, I mean, they sell Harley Quinn Funko Pops, Harley Quinn exactly. Toy. Yeah. Like, they, they, they are, they told the line back and forth between like yeah. her being an adult character and her being a family <laughs> friend. I mean, character. I've heard people make the comparison. I mean, she, in many ways, is very similar to Deadpool for DC. Yeah. It's a of telling that it's same line. Issue. Yeah, it's a similar issue. The thing with Harley Quinn, unlike Deadpool, and it's what you guys mentioned earlier, is, when you look at like superhero characters or comic book characters that have a, a strong influence in terms of like, like you said, modeling their behavior and not only modeling their behavior but just like you know because of the the girth and the amount of characters for males, you have quote unquote role models that you can look up to. You have a Superman, a Iron Man, Batman, mm-hmm. whoever it is, Captain America. I mean, what what kid is looking at Deadpool? I mean, there are, are kids that probably love Deadpool, certainly, but, like, it's a lot different than, like, when you talk about the female characters in superheroes. I mean, now we recently we have Captain Marvel coming up and, obviously, Wonder Woman. Outside of that, in Black Widow, outside of those, outside of those three, like, who are we looking at? So, Harley Quinn, clearly the next person. She might yeah. be ahead of some people, so... That is that is the 
that is the thing that Warner Brothers has to realize is that there is a lot of and of course we're talking about this even just we're not even talking about this from a, at least I'm not talking about this from like a uh from from a from a standpoint of like what what they what Harley Quinn means mm-hmm. but just monetarily right. like there is more money to be made if you if if you open this up to the the millions of kids that would probably go to see this movie and look because yeah go ahead. this is a like you said this is a movie that's that's, that's centered purely on like you said, female empowerment. Why wouldn't you try to tap into that? I, I understand why there are reasons why, but um, I, it's it's a missed opportunity. And look, we we gotta keep it one hundred too. Like Fox was able to move; they were able to make that bold decision to say we're gonna go rated R. That's what the hardcore fan base is gonna want, and they could do that because the the I don't think this is controversial to say there are more male fanboys of this kind of content than there are females so if you're saying okay we're willing to sacrifice a certain percentage cut that we get from marketing this to families to just say you know what we know our hardcore base is going to come and it'll be a better movie because of it they can make that decision because there are just more men who could drive that box office something the way it did the 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 I'm not saying Harley has a huge huge fan base, but is it enough to carry uh, a major motion picture with hundreds of millions of dollars in a budget and trying to get to a certain box office number in the first weekend? And you're just gonna say we're gonna rely totally on just the hardcore fan base of female superhero fans and the male superhero fans who aren't insecure in their garbage of like, Hey, these women aren't sexy enough. Like some idiot that posted that went viral. Like, are you like, we can talk about how the world should be and how it is. And is that smart from a business standpoint? Clearly it wasn't that the answer is, we don't need to ask a question. The answer is clearly no, that, that did not work. And that was a mistake. But I, even, even beyond that aspect of it, I still feel like this stemmed from, from what I said from the beginning, this marketing campaign, one of the worst ones I've ever seen. Easily really? one from the very beginning, and I and I've been complaining about it pretty much since I started well, seeing anything about this movie. It was it was horrendous, starting with the title. The title makes no sense. It, it you first of all, the title was first Birds of Prey, and it was and then all the content you're giving me is Harley Quinn. Okay, I'm confused now. Then you say, okay, we're gonna play have fun when we put out the script and say that actually the title is Harley Quinn is Birds of Prey in this fantabulous whatever thing of Harley Quinn. Emancipation, man. And it's this long-ass title that nobody understands that you can't fit anywhere. And her name is towards the very end and she's the main character in the movie. Still doesn't make any sense. Then you give I, me a trailer. This movie this movie is this movie is fun, it's action-packed. It's it's going 100 miles an hour in the first trailer. You give me slow and boring. It doesn't make sense with what the how colorful this movie is, how much humor there is, how much action there is. Why are you giving me a slow trailer that's kind of not giving me much, kind of being loosey goosey with what the story is about? Why? Just show me a bunch of action. Like yep. every every aspect. The only time they did anything right, but by, by with this uh, marketing campaign was by the end when they finally gave us a second trailer and they gave us what this movie closer to what this movie ended up looking like. And everybody's like, oh, wow, this trailer's actually pretty good. I said, wow, this trailer's really good. And I thought this movie was going to be great when they first, they first announced it. But 
from the very beginning, they just didn't know how to market this movie. I don't, I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why. When whoever, um, I can't remember the the, young, the woman that uh that that did the script. I know Kathy Ann's the director. But soon this screenplay come out came out. Uh, was it uh, Christina Hudson? Was it is her name Hudson? I thought it was like Hendrix or something. No, it's Hudson. No, it's Hudson. Okay. Um, as soon as she gives you that screenplay, the first thing I'm writing is I'm crossing out Birds of Prey as the title on the first page and writing Harley Quinn. This is clearly a Harley Quinn movie. Everything about this needs to be based around Harley Quinn. If you want to include these Birds of Prey characters, that's fine, but this is clearly a, Har- a Harley Quinn movie. Why they were marketed as anything else, I don't get, especially when Harley Quinn is so popular. Like, your, your only chance at making this movie work was to just drive home Harley Quinn no matter what. In every aspect of the production, every aspect of the, of the marketing. Strange, and they did it in everything except for the name. Yeah. It's so, like, it's contradictory. Well, I, you know what? I won't even... I, I, we'll, we'll get into that in the spoiler discussion. But, yeah. Yeah, there are issues with that as well. Like, like this... Like, this... None of this... None of any... No, nothing they did in how they marketed this movie adds up when you watch the movie. It doesn't make any sense. Because to the very end, I'm holding out saying, well, maybe this will end up being a true Birds of Prey movie. And, it, you know, they just had to try to throw Harley Quinn out there because they wanted to get people to go see it. And then you see it and you're like, nope, this is a Harley Quinn movie. I don't know why it's called Birds of Prey. It doesn't really, really make any sense. And I'll, I have another gripe with, and it's not even a gripe, but it's just if you, another reason why this movie didn't make the money that it probably could have. And this isn't at any fault of any of the actors or the cast. Because I thought the cast did a really excellent job for making this what I thought was a very good movie, which we'll get into later. But if we're talking about from a pure monetary standpoint, I don't think, outside of Margot Robbie, I don't think this cast is making you the, the money that I think they wanted to make or they're hoping to make. And again, not it's not a, it's not a a slight at any of the the performers because I thought they all did an excellent job in their roles. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like that 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 household name value, like the box office they were appeal, about yeah. that that box office appeal. Remember we talked they talked about Lady Gaga playing uh, Black Canary potentially or Huntress. We didn't know who she was playing. Like yeah. if if Lady Gaga is playing Black Canary or Huntress. Like that's another fifteen already, twenty million right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's another fifteen to twenty million at least. So if you cast two or three more household name female actresses, like... But then it gets into the conversation. Now you're getting into, okay, how much is money and business influencing creativity and art? Because we all would agree there's no grace with any of the castings after watching the movie. They all were great. No, I thought they all did excellent And I think most people wouldn't have an issue with the castings, um, even the people who maybe didn't love this movie that much. So... That's where the question becomes, okay, well, if you get Lady Gaga, who can, can act? We, I mean, wasn't she not, well, she was in the Oscar conversation last year, I believe. So, um, yes. but maybe she wouldn't have been as good as uh, Smollett, as Black Canary, or as Winstead, as Huntress. I don't know. Like, maybe they did test screening and they did the audition and it didn't look as good. It like, fit, yeah. 
So then what? Like that. So then that becomes an, another conversation. Like I think I, while you, I agree, I agree with you. First of all, I don't, I don't make sound I disagree, right. but I think that becomes a thing. Okay, well, what can we afford to? And also, what can we like, afford to sacrifice is, based on how we've done other things? Like and you can't you can't put up a bunch of actresses who are not no names at all, but just not superstar A list type names, and have, have a movie marketing ha- and then have a movie named Birds of Prey that nobody knows about. Nobody's heard of Birds of Prey outside of the super hardcore fans of DC Comics, and then be surprised that you have a whack box office number. And then people are like, wait, why is Margot Robbie and that Harley Quinn character that I'm used to seeing, what, what is this? It just was all confusing. And and it's just, it, what's frustrating is, as us being superhero fans, I feel like, and we've kind of studied this industry now, just superhero movie industry, it was kind of crazy that, like, sitting from me, sitting from my basement, or sitting from my, you know, my room my apartment in Queens, I can see these missteps and clearly see, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I don't got no marketing degree. I got a journalism degree and a media studies degree. I don't have anything. I know nothing about marketing. But just me following this industry, I can see, you know, these are a lot of missteps that are clearly hurting this product. And the the conversation, there's no buzz around this movie mm-hmm. at all. Like, this, is, this could end up being really bad in terms of the box office. How could Warner Brothers not... You, they got... got yo... I'll take a Warner Brothers check to market their movie to make sure they got a better number. Because I know the people that are making money at, at the Warner Brothers marketing uh, marketing department, they getting they getting that coin, and yeah. they I, I don't know I don't know they clearly I don't know what they were doing or how they didn't see the things I was seeing, but thing, it seemed very obvious. These yeah. are all smart people, so that's hey, the only last thing I'll say about this is yeah. like on the the on the casting, like it also could have just been a money thing because like. Maybe they're within the budget. They couldn't cast certain people, or they just felt we cast, you know, like Beyonce to play Black Canary. Like that's gonna cost like ridiculous amounts of money, and like it's gonna then hurt us in the box office. But you know, like if you don't, like nobody's gonna see the movie. It was just weird, and and, like another thing, like just going back to kind of like Suicide Squad. Even I feel like even granted all those things you guys mentioned. Granted, all those things you guys mentioned, um, you know, Suicide Squad. Granted, had Will Smith, um, had Margot Robbie, who was also a big name at the time as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of the other, uh, well, Viola Davis, another big. So, it, it, I mean, it had these it had, names. It had three big names. It had big names attached to it. It was kind They're of famous. at that. They had their own. All three of those uh, performers had had their own clicks of fan bases and like the trailers were these were bomb trailers that they no, dropped the trailers were excellent the music they was dropped excellent. bomb trailers the music was excellent the soundtrack was excellent and then and then at the remember at the end of the trailers they had that kicker with the joker with yeah. leto yeah, he walks in another four, another number four big leto, star. Yeah, big yeah, star yeah music star you're bringing in all the leto fans in as well i mean four actors you got you're bringing in everybody. Everyone wants to see, well, how's Leto going to be a Joker? What's Leto's Joker going to be like? That's the buzz all over, everywhere. I mean, Joker's in the DCEU now. What's he going to be like? What's he going to do? I mean, that's another thing. You put Joker in this Cara movie? Cara Delevingne. Was, you, was, you put Cara Delevingne. No, not a big actor, but a big name. Big name. Yeah. You put Joker in this movie, that's another 10, 15 million. You know, there's a, so Absolutely. many There's so many other but things. But that's, that, that's the last thing I think I want to point uh, yeah. to, because we're talking about um, decision making and in some ways effort, mm-hmm. but part of it also has to do with investment, because 
how much money were they invest, investing in this terrible marketing Damn, campaign? Budget. I don't know what the budget was like. I don't know. If, I don't know. Because I, I, what you're saying about everything about the super, suicide, suicide, uh, suicide Squad marketing campaign is right. I mean, we talked about it on the show. It's, I mean, it was the best one we've seen. I mean, that Hall H at Comic Con. All of it was awesome, <laughs> but yeah. but the one thing, but the one aspect, but the one difference between what we've seen with Birds of Prey and what we saw with Suicide Squad was investment. Yes, they invested in that marketing campaign and they went full tilt. In fact, but they got they, they in fact they in that. fact they and they did get a return. You're right, but in fact they even though the first trailer did pretty well and it was much darker because once Justice League bombed they. Or one of them we bombed, BVS, one of whatever came yes. before. Yeah, BVS bombed. They didn't re. They did a remix of yeah. their marketing they campaign that was already the doing night, well. They, yeah, they and they the then they killed it. And it was better, and it was even it was great. Like so, but that's investment. That's you looking at the looking at the the situation and adjusting, putting more money in situations, and 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 not just being kind of just stuck in in your own kind of mind and saying this is what we got and this is what we're putting out there. And I I question. If Warner Brothers really seriously invested in the right resources to make this movie work at the box office, I don't think they did. I think that's another. There's, it's a it's it's a lot of issues with it. It's decision making, it's effort, and I think it's investment. I think those all those three things were just. I give them an F grade on all of them, and that, therefore you get this number. I mean that that first poster, which is like look look. I saw it when I went in the movie there. I saw it again. And I was like, this is the most horrendous poster I've ever seen. Like, how is this the official movie poster? It's just a zoomed-in shot of Margot Robbie's face. And these, like, terrible Photoshop, like, adding, cut-and-paste figurines floating around. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it looks horrendous. And I'm like, who, who, again, who, <laughs> who thought this was good? Like, what about any of this stuff makes you think you're going to get people to come out and see us? I think that they got. I think that they were cocky. I think that they thought it's a superhero movie, so we'll and we got Margot, so it, we'll be fine. And they were and not did fine. You the, did you see they? Uh, and they did a disservice to that whole cast and that crew and that director because they all did a tremendous job. And Last this, I just, I didn't even know about this until just now, but uh, and I was going to actually mention this earlier. They should have changed it, and they actually they actually did. They changed they the name. Changing, yeah, they're changing yeah, the name. Change yep. the yeah, that's what I meant when I talked about retroactively changing stuff. So the name of the movie now, if you go to movie theaters, is Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this this is clownish. And it's not gonna help. This is it's not gonna bring more like this is clownish no, type. Am I wrong? And that this is clownish type activity happening at Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's very like when you get to this point now, you're changing the name of the movie is, after the movie's come out. I've never heard of this before. It's very 20th Century Fox. That's- that's a disservice uh, to Margot Robbie. It's a disservice Phoenix. to all the people, you and McGregor, that works on this, on this movie, Kathy Yan, because they have nothing to do with that. No, oh, they have nothing to do with that. Their job is to make a good movie, and that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> and but, it pains like, me because I hear Yan saying, I will be open to doing a sequel, knowing that there ain't no way in hell to let her do a sequel. And it, it's nothing to do with anything she did. Yeah. This nah. movie deserves a sequel. The investors, the, <laughs> but, sto- the stockholders, they're not going to let her do another movie. They are not gonna lose another dozen dozens of millions of dollars because and it's, it's, this marketing team can't put it's sad a campaign together. The again, I, and I keep hammering this home because like the 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 actresses all did an excellent job, but at, but like the stories they they crafted for each character, all could they all could have their own spinoffs. One thousand percent. But like 
I don't know if people are going to see, you know, a Renee Montoya-led movie or a Huntress-led movie or a, a, a Black Canary-led movie or even if all three of them are in the movie because I that it doesn't screen box office. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Again, if you would have casted Rosario Dawson as Renee Montoya, <laughs> this movie makes more money. Yeah, another ten to fifteen million dollars. Another ten to fifteen million dollars, and and they're they're penny pinching. You know, they're they they you know, and it's not um, a, and they 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 cast it for fit within reason from a budget perspective, and they did an excellent job with the budget they were given. But Warner Brothers decided to go cheap with this movie, and this is the result. Do you do you guys think this movie is going to do good in streaming? I mean, it was a good movie. So I think, I mean, it should. I mean, HBO yeah. Max, I don't know what, what that'll end up being looking like, or DC Universe, but it should do well. I would, Yeah, I would say it, it, there's no reason why it shouldn't. I mean, it's a good movie. And I, I, mean, I mean, to me, Margot kind of reads me a kind of an actress who I could see getting a lot of streaming numbers. Like, I see people being like, oh, Margot's in this movie. I didn't know. Let me check it out. Like, maybe, if, like, I feel like her fan base, like, yeah, she's a big actress, but she's not, like, Scarlett Johansson, right? Where like I just think any like no matter what she's doing, people her fans are going to go see her. Like I can see her fans who maybe like her but maybe aren't like that rabid, will then maybe see her on something else later on and be like, oh wow, she's in this. All right, let me check it out. And then they see, oh that movie was crazy. How, why didn't I go see it? It's like probably because you didn't hear about it. You had no idea that she was in it. But I don't know. It's just, it's it's sad. It's sad what happened this over there. This new title is so stupid too. Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. It doesn't even make any sense. What does that even mean? That's like broken English. It's 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 it's, <laughs> it's a mess. It's a mess. It's the only way to describe it. Um, we'll get to our review. Obviously, you can hear from a lot of what we said that we did enjoy the movie, um, which makes probably why we sound so frustrated with this these box office numbers, knowing that it hurts any chance we'll see probably these characters again. Um, you know, Marga's probably safe. We think. Well, she definitely is because she's in Suicide Squad. But everyone else, who knows? Um, which Suicide Squad will do well, I think. But yeah, because we'll, this like, movie isn't going to affect Suicide Squad. Yeah, I don't think it'll affect it at all. Cause they're going to invest more money into Suicide Squad. <laughs> exactly. They got John Cena in it. Like they, they did all the things you said they should do. Yeah, exactly. Birds of Prey. Yeah, basic, basically. Basically. Yeah. That movie's making money. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it just Alba in the movie? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's just Alba. That movie's going to make yeah, a lot. They're going to be fine. That movie's making a lot. Of money. Uh, let's move. Let's move over to Marvel though, because we, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Mendelssohn out as the director of Doctor Strange. In the you multiverse, mean, uh, Derrickson. Derrickson, I'm sorry. I was like, Mendelssohn? Wait, Mendelssohn was in the movie? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Scott Derrickson. Mixing up my Scots there. Uh, he's out for as the director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, according to Variety, Marvel is uh, very close to maybe coming up to a, coming to a deal with Sam Raimi to be the director for. Why does that name sound familiar to you? Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is an icon in this industry. Because of what he did with the Spider-Man trilogy, the original <laughs> Spider-Man trilogy, I, I think I think easily probably one of the top, easily top five franchises ever. You can make the, for an impactful and in, impactfulness. I would argue superhero maybe movies three superhero movies. Oh, okay. oh, I thought you were talking about that. Uh, I was like, wow, no, I love Sam Raimi. In Hollywood, <laughs> in Hollywood, I would say it's like it's top ten. I would yeah, say, I was, I was like, it wasn't that crazy. That's why I was like, I got to think about this. Like, like, no, in, in Hollywood, I would definitely say top 10 in terms of impact because of what we have now. I would argue we, we wouldn't have this without Sam Raimi. Yeah. So so for 
for Impact, yes, I would say it's top ten. But for superheroes, I would say top three. Um, so that's why his name is familiar because he directed Spider Man One, Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three, all those movies with Tobey Maguire. That kind of birthed, along with the X Men movies, kind of birthed this new superhero renaissance that we're now experiencing today. Shamari, Raimi has experience with superheroes and he has experience with horror. So does that make him a good fit, in your opinion, to do this Doctor Strange movie? I believe it does. Um, I, rem- I mean, of course, you know, of course, we all went to go see the Spider-Man movies together. Oh, of course. You know, we all saw them together. Kendall, you were there. We were all there. You know, we watched these movies. I was so as- young, man. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the movie? <laughs> Kendall, you were in the theater? No, nah, but yeah. You were, we were, you were four in Spider-Man 1, right. but you were there. <laughs> I, only remember, I only remember the good one, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, relax. Uh, but yeah, so we were all there. I mean, I remember I remember laughing. I remember crying. I remember being horrified. I mean, those Spider-Man movies are so well done. I mean, this. I mean, I am 100% on board with Sam Raimi. And it took me a little while because I had to digest this. This mm-hmm. is one that I had to think about. I'm like, Sam Raimi. Doctor Strange. I was like, I gotta think about this, you know, because Sam Raimi, the Spider-Man movies, those movies are very particular, like types of movies. Yeah, he has an interesting style of directing. Um, but I think that style would work with Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. I could see following the way we follow Peter Parker's journey. I could see us following, following Stephen Strange's journey, in a similar way, but maybe just a lot more trippy. A lot of trippy stuff happened in Spider-Man movies. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, I could absolutely see Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange. You know, I loved the takes that he had on a lot of the uh, Spider-Man villains. Um, I enjoyed, um, I mean, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of issues with Spider-Man 3, myself included. I did enjoy. I think Kendall's the only one who does it. Yeah, Kendall Kendall is having (laughs) it. Kendall, for the fans at home, loves Spider-Man 3. Big toe for grease guy, man. Yeah, yeah, big toe for Grace. Um, I, you know, had my issues with Spider-Man three, uh, though I enjoyed his take on Sandman. I enjoy, I enjoy yeah. a lot of, I enjoyed most of what he did. There are in pieces in there that are there. There, there are elements of that movie that elements are, in that are movie good. that are wonderful. Even yeah. though, look, remember people, the tr- people, well, I was gonna say people clown the, you know, at the time we, we yeah. clowned the the cool Peter Parker. Well, yeah, team. that scene is extremely. If you, if you watch it and get into the funny feet. Yeah, it's very funny. Of him when he becomes um, uh, Black Spider-Man, Black Suit Spider-Man, he's walking around all messed up. Like, yeah. And, and like... He, he gets Eddie Brock fired. Yeah. And, like, um, I remember those trailers of seeing Sandman. I was... I remember oh, bugging out. You, you talk about a legendary marketing campaign. That, I mean, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, man, this yeah, movie... everybody had to see that movie. I was like, I have to see this movie. <laughs> so like you know yes I, i'm 100 percent on board with sam raimi neo you know anybody can fight me on it i'm on board with sam raimi taking over dr strange kendall you on board um yeah why not you know like this certainly what i think this tells me is that it shows me or it gives us further confirmation the creativity that kevin feige has as a yes as a studio head 100 percent we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how surprised we were that Kevin Feige was considering Patrick Stewart to play Professor X and how that seemed 
like so out of the box and so like so like you know unheard of that like he would that he would consider somebody like Patrick Stewart to go and play that same character like it almost now makes the Sam Raimi thing more believable because it's like because had I not heard that I would have thought that this was just as crazy yeah but like it's just further confirmation Kevin Feige is thinking four or five steps ahead of people like no one thought Sam Raimi would ever come back to do an MCU movie but why not (laughs) I mean there's no there's no real reason why he can't and if you're gonna pick any of them Outside of another Spider-Man movie, Doctor Strange is the one that obviously makes sense. Um, it's funny. I, I like. I was actually when this when this news came out, there was the clips kind of been circulating a little bit on the internet with uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. You know when they threw out the the Doctor Strange Easter egg in uh, Spider-Man Two when uh, they were the his his assistant was going to name was trying to name Doc Ock and he was like uh, Doctor Strange. He's like ah, oh, you have a great name, but it's taken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, and then I saw I, I then I just watched like all the the J. Jonah Jameson scenes from those movies and I mean he's you know J.K. Simmons is like such a legend. Man. That's oh, that's, that's why everybody's so excited that uh, he's yeah. back in the fold. <laughs> like yeah, that character is a, is a top five. I would say he's a top three in terms of like actor to character match in superhero movies. Oh, um, uh, thousand yeah, percent. Yeah. Yeah, but, you can make the argument he's number one personally. Yeah, you could definitely. Make <laughs> to me, to me, it's him and Downey. It's him and Downey. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's really you know, any like, other. You, could, any you other can make the argument he's number one. He is J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, and that's why that's and that's somebody's funny. Somebody actually commented in that video it was like, you know, he's the only actor where like in the second, in the first reboot, he was so good they didn't even use his character. And in the second reboot, they just brought him back. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> exactly. That's that's so, a different kind of legend, man. Shout out to J.K. Simmons. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think this, you know, I think Shamar hit the nail on the head that uh, Stephen Strange and, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, I could certainly see Sam Raimi adapting that character the way he did with Toby uh, McGuire's character. Mm-hmm. Um you have the same New York setting. I was you saying know, we'll the same see if thing. That, exactly. We'll see yes. if that you know changes at, at all. But um, and look, like like Shamari mentioned, Sam Raimi had some quirky things in that movie. Uh, I one one of the things that I looked back on uh, when Spider Man Far From Home was coming back was you know people forget or didn't realize I didn't even realize, but like Mysterio was kind of supposed to be or kind of was in those Spider Man movies because in the first movie Mysterio is the he's the wrestling announcer for 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 spider-man yeah uh and then and like and then he he shows up in the second movie as someone else and the third movie as someone else so like and then he's supposed to be revealed as mysterio in, in spider-man 4 right like those types of things like clearly sam raimi is like a quirky mind and then you mentioned obviously he has quite a quite a history with horror movies as well I think this makes all the sense in the world. Um, and this is a name that will get people very, very interested. Oh, know? yeah. I mean, this Sam Raimi has off a, his name. Yeah, I mean, you can just follow the internet and, like, the man, social, I mean, in social media. I mean, Raimi has a, just a diehard, diehard fan base for what he did with the Spider-Man movie. And it's well-earned. Like I said, I think top ten most impactful franchises in movie history. At least modern movie history, you know, for Taken from 1975 to now, easily because of what is spurned uh, with this new um, superhero era that we're in. Raimi, 
I think I I, I mean I, I hate to make it three for three in terms of all agreement, but I, I I gotta say I agree. I think that this this to me kind of reminds me of sometimes when the head coach decides to quit, and you think, oh man, we're really in a bad shape, and then like when you actually start to consider who you could bring into the fold, sometimes you may end up being in better shape than you were before, yep. and that's not a diss to Derrickson at all because Derrickson did a really good job with um with what he did with Doctor Strange 1. But, I mean, we talk about, I mean, to me, Kendall mentioned New York City. I had to look up, because Raimi's from Michigan. Because what, what I remember, I've not seen Spider-Man 1 or 2 or 3 in at least 3 or 4 years, if I could think of, you know, at least during that time. But, like, one of the things I did remember being a young New Yorker at that time was how well he uh embodied new york city and how he was yeah, able to it was wonderful. Like, capture new york city in those movies yeah and like to the point where like i thought he had to be a new yorker i was like well, he did such a good job with that was he yeah from new york? it's like i almost felt more I, felt, I, almost felt, I knew new york more from those movies than i did from actually living in new york like he like he really <laughs> you talk, you talk <laughs> about making the setting a, a character in your movie he made new york city a character in those spider-man yeah. movies one yeah. two and three and we know obviously strange is set in new york city you know he'll i'm sure he'll be everywhere um so I think that that's an aspect of the movie that, in fact, we probably really didn't. I don't think Derrickson really ever really tapped into that. We'll probably get a better better feeling of in this movie uh, for for um, you know multiverse, the multiverse movie. And uh, you have, yeah, you have the fact that this is supposed to be you know a movie with horror elements. I know Feige's been kind of going back and forth on that, but if if you know Feige may have been listening to the people that were very upset when he said that this was no longer a horror movie. And he may say, all right, well, if they really want this, I got to do somebody who can do it well. And you get a guy who's one of the greatest superhero directors of all time, who's also a fantastic horror director. Yep. I mean, I don't I don't know how they could have done better. You know, and and now it's important to know that Raimi has not directed a movie in seven years. In fact, he's only done two movies after Spider-Man 3. Interesting. One of them was Oz the Great and Powerful. That was not. That was okay. Um, the other one was Drag Me to Hell, uh, a horror movie that did that was that was excellent according to critics. So that that is probably the only thing I kind of pause about and say, okay, you know, things change in an industry over the course of you know thirteen, fourteen years. You're talking about Spider Man three that was thirteen years ago. You know, that that's probably the only thing I, I I'm kind of worried about. And how long ago was Spider-Man 2? Because at the end of the day, Spider-Man 3 wasn't really that good. Yeah, so then if you go to Spider-Man 2, that's 2004. So now we're talking about 17 years, 16 years. So, and this is him starting the movie. I mean, by the time Dr. Strange comes out, it'll be 2021. So that's 17 years. And Spider-Man 2, you know, was in development. You know, it's a long time. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) he hasn't done this kind of movie in a long time. But at the same time, maybe that's a good thing. Because maybe he's gotten a chance to really watch and kind of, and maybe there are aspects that he brings to the table that we haven't seen, that are fresh that we haven't seen, or maybe we haven't seen in twenty years. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're like you know people complain. That's one. The other thing I thought about when I heard about this news, which was which was was kind of exciting, because I think we all kind of assumed that once Derrickson was out of the picture, that we get some Feige puppet. To be this, oh, yeah. to be this director. I think we yeah. all thought that. Oh, was Peyton Reed gonna do it? Yeah, it was yeah. just gonna be some yeah, somebody yeah, some that you guy. know could just do a cookie cutter movie. 
and that Feige wanted to do. And you know, we, we know what that movie looks like. It's never got, it's never bad. I got but it's film n- to, yeah. to just film the movie. <laughs> and, and, and we know what that movie looks like. It's never bad per se, it's but it's, bad. a lot of times it's not special. Yeah, you know. Exactly. And and I think we all were kind of worried because we knew that this is a May date. This is a movie that's really going to probably tie into, in the largest way, what happens in Phase Four. We couldn't afford a cookie cutter Feige movie for this movie. When he goes to Raimi, Raimi, he only, he ain't done a movie in seven years. He ain't coming out of the woodworks to do some cookie cutter movie to just take no. like the paycheck. He could have been done that. He could have done that. He he had seven years to do that, and he didn't. And he's only yeah. done four two movies since Spider Man Three. You know how many checks he could have cut since then? To me, him getting into the fold no. means that he was excited about the script potentially, and he was excited about the freedom that he was going to get from Feige. Mm-hmm. And I think that this it's, was yeah. It's uh, not like he needs this money. It's not like he doesn't like, need it. Of course one, not. He's one of these people going broke. Just, I mean, uh, if he had a good agent, I would hope the royalties <laughs> he got from anything that happened with Spider Man, he should just be getting paid for the rest of his life. Yeah, as far as I, if he had a good agent. Now, yeah, I, probably, I, about, I might rebuy that box set just, Blu-ray. Just, just to give, just give, <laughs> give him more money. <laughs> I won't do all that. But <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if we talk about drawbacks. Another thing that I these are the, these aren't I'm not super concerned about this, but these are things people could potentially talk about when you talk about Spider-Man three and even the other ones, but particularly Spider-Man three. I think his biggest issue was not maybe one of his biggest issues has been juggling a lot of characters and a lot of things, and particularly a lot of villains. And we know in this Doctor Strange movie, there's going to be a lot going on. Yes, there will be. You know, we we know that it's going to connect to WandaVision somehow, and the witch, and, you know, we know Baron Mordo is supposed to still come back and play his thing as a villain, and, you know, we know Nightmare is also supposed to be the villain. We don't know who else could be showing up, but we know there's going to be a lot happening in this Doctor Strange movie. Will he end up doing a better job of juggling all these... these uh, characters and villains than he did uh in some of those spider-man movies what's interesting is especially since mortal by the way not to cut you off but especially since mortal kind of a similar story to harry osborne which kind of felt very flat what's interesting about that is is raimi didn't write the screenplay for spider-man one and two but he was part of writing the screenplay for spider-man three along with his brother so that was the one that had the most issues with juggling characters so that's no, I highly doubt he's gonna be writing the screenplay for this movie, but he won't be. In fact, that's they got a screenwriter, I, I believe. I think it's right. the guy who uh, is also doing Loki. I think I saw. Um, I feel like I saw something like that that came down the wire this week. So, so he's not writing the screenplay for this. So that's that that that's helpful. But that is it, it is something to think about for sure. And I think that honestly, I have so much faith in this uh, this rain this Raimi Feige tandem. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Feige's not gonna let this happen. Feige's not gonna let Raimi just go just off the rails. Go off the rails yeah. and make a make a Spider Man four bomb. You know, like he's gonna make sure that this is following, um, you know, the story that that he wants to tell within the MCU. And then, but he's also gonna let Raimi have kind of his sandbox with with Stephen Strange, and maybe add, of course, add his elements to the story. And maybe do add add his Raimi touch as well, and and telling he does, I think he does a good job with telling a lot of personal stories as well, and having a lot of interpersonal conflicts within the movie as well. I think this is just going to be a one hundred percent success. I have one hundred percent faith. Well, look, man, shout out to Sam Raimi. I hope he 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 inks the deal and he's on board. 
We want to see what he could do. Uh, to me, I love the idea of like the you know the old gunslinger coming out of retirement to show that he could still he could still he could still go with the young kids. You know, like it's no, he's hasn't he's yeah. been out of completely out of the fold <laughs> he, for a long he's time. He's Russo kids. No, but like to, to me, like I, I know you know I love redemption stories. I feel like I don't know. I think that everybody could love a redemption story, and not to say he needs redemption, but like because again, he's a legend. But like got these he, kids, like Favreau. we've been talking about the Russos, Favre, we've been talking about all these other people for all these years, and in fact, like his core fan base all the time. On because trust me, all you gotta do is you don't gotta look that far on the internet if you're a Spider Man fan to find the Raimi fans. Being like, oh, this is nothing like the Raimi movies. And, oh, it everything's been bad since the Raimi movies. Like, he has a hardcore fan base yep. that rightfully so stands for him. And, again, they should. <laughs> what he did is the reason why I think why we have all this stuff. All these Marvel movies. All these DC movies. And the idea that that, that guy can come back into the Marvel fold and is going to be doing Marvel's biggest movie of Phase 3. I mean, phase 4, I'm sorry. That's exciting. Like I want to see like if he can do it, and I have confidence he can. But it's it's still it is going to be a challenge for someone who's been out of the fold for so long. But he knows how to make movies. He's he's Sam Raimi, so I think he'll figure it out. But it's going to be fun regardless to to see how that goes. Um, staying slightly on the Raimi bit, I don't want to say spend too much time on this, but there was an interesting note that I I noticed in some set photos that came out for uh, Morbius. Now, just for those at home, they, there were some rumors that it was for Venom, but that wasn't for Venom. It was for Morbius. There were these pictures of MTA buses, New York City buses, that had, you know, the Where is Spider-Man uh, ads on them, basically. And in the ads, they have, uh, the ads are, I guess, you know, funded by the Daily Bugle. So, okay, Spider-Man reference, not surprising. But what's surprising for some people was the logo for the Daily Bugle. You may think, well, why is that a big deal? It's just a logo. It's interesting because the logo for the Daily Bugle is, in fact, the logo from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, not the Daily Bugle InfoWars-type logo we saw in that short clip from the post-credit scene in um, in uh, Far From Home. When you combine this with that image of, you know, murderer, uh, you know, that was, you know, graffiti on the wall that had a Sam Raimi Spider-Man costume... We're starting to ask questions about what the heck's going on with Morbius. Dude, that's two Raimi references, yeah, but I mean, we know in the trailer there's a MCU reference with well, us seeing tombs. Um, is uh, Feige bringing Raimi in to steal him from Sony? What do you mean steal him from Sony? Was Sony going to bring Raimi back in in any way, shape, or form? That's what you wonder as well. I kind of... I thought the same. I, I'm not I, following I, you guys. You guys got to explain this to me. The same thing. Because they're because the, Sony's pointing at all these rainy spider, making all these rainy Spider-Man references. Right. Were they gonna bring back some Raimi in some way, shape, or form? Bring right. back his to, Spider. To, to bring do back what? his universe. I don't know. Maybe he's gonna be in some kind of Spider Verse something. I don't know. I don't know what they were gonna bring him back in. <laughs> I, don't why what, would, I don't know what they were gonna. I guess do. the question is why would why would Feige care about stealing Raimi from them, and can he? <laughs> and can he really steal him from him? Like, can can he just can he just still do it? I mean, both. I mean, Kendall, you can answer. You both had the same right. Look, look, same I mean, idea. Look, I'm just saying we're talking about Raimi a lot today on the show. Mario That's all I'm saying. Nothing to do with this. I'm just saying we're just bringing Raimi's name up a lot with two different companies. I feel no, like there's some true. kind of Raimi tug of war. Because like, also you have to think about like Sam Raimi, like 
I guess if, he can only do but so much. And if you got Doctor Strange on his plate, you know Sony, if they're already kind of pushing the narrative, some because look, people want to see Tobey Maguire back. They do. That's yes. a lot of conversation. People are a lot of hungry like, for Tobey. We thought we were gonna get him back. Spider Verse. We didn't get him. When Marvel like, put out that stupid thing trying to do that J.J. Abrams comic book, trying to promote that J.J. Abrams comic book, and they put that three up or four number four up, and it looked like the Sam <laughs> Raimi art. Oh, yeah, I that. and they found out it was just a J.J. Abrams comic book. I felt so bad for J.J. Abrams. He probably got so much hate, him and his son. <laughs> like, he had nothing to do with that. And people yeah. were just, they didn't want to hear none of that. People, yeah. I remember they the went crazy. Like, the internet was, like, doing backflips. Like They thought that it was going to be the return of Sam. And it didn't make any sense. So I'm like, why would Marvel's comic like, book I'm just like, thing, this can't be. Why would Marvel's comic book division put out something about a Sam Raimi superhero? If you're like, oh, well, maybe it's going to be a comic book. And I was like. I don't think Sam Raimi's writing a comic book. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Something doesn't work, and it just—I it, don't know what. I don't. I don't know what happened. I don't know why they thought that that was a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, people are hungry. People though. are hungry for it. You guys are right. That that's right. accurate. And you know, like, I mean, people. I mean, people even speculate: will that even tie into multiverse of madness? I like. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean. It is weird that they would even Sony would even mess around with Sam Raimi stuff like that. Um, some people are asking the question of: Is there some kind of deal with they can't use the MCU Spider-Man stuff? But that don't seem that doesn't make any sense. No, it was, Sony, it was Sony produced. They should have. I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about we we talk, we argued over and over again about this Disney Sony deal. But yeah, we I mean, I'll, I'll go to Sony and say, "Yo, fam, like I don't know who wrote that deal, but how are you giving away?" <laughs> the rights to the logo and the uniform and the and the costume of Spider Man. That seems a little crazy. Like I, I, I we all I've you know, I guess I've been the pro Disney guy on this show, but like even that I'd be like, Oh come on, Sony, you can't you can't give it give it all up. Like that would be kinda crazy. So I don't I don't think that's what's happening. Are you just yeah. random Easter egg? Like I don't I, I and I said this during the trailer, which is why like I, I the trailer was good and I thought it was cool and it did what it needed to do in terms of raising buzz. But I still didn't know what to make of it, just because I don't know what's going on. Like, what is, what is going on? Like, they're like, how do they know we're gonna figure this stuff out? Like, they didn't. Like, they know when we see when people take set photos, they're gonna see this is the Daily Bugle from. They're not pulling a fast one. So what are they trying to tell me? Are these Easter eggs? Are these just like things that don't matter, and they're just putting them in there, just nods to the old Spider-Man movie? I'm thinking these are Easter eggs. But why are they doing this now? They didn't do it in Venom. Like, I don't know. Why, Sam, why are we doing... I mean, and, but, like, now it's becoming a lot. Like, it was like... I know it's only two, but, like, two is a lot. One reference to Sam Raimi, okay, you had the Spider-Man out there, okay, maybe someone doesn't know how to draw Spider-Man, and they, that's the costume they came up with, and it was Sam Raimi. That's cute. I can see that working. Now the Daily Bugle is the Daily Bugle from the newspaper, from the other movie. That That's not an Easter egg anymore. Wait, that doesn't even make sense with the continuity of the, of the movie. Right, and that's what just doesn't make sense, because, like you said, we have Michael Keaton in the movie. Right, yeah, exactly. Michael Keaton wanted the movie. Obviously, you'd be like, "Well, this yeah, is obviously." Yeah, that, that's why I'm saying it has to be some kind of Easter egg or something because it doesn't make any sense unless they're unless they're just blending their universes. I mean, unless well, they're doing a let's Spider-verse. have that conversation. I'm starting to think that that might be happening. So, because we talked about we we um, all we've all established that people badly want to see Tobey Maguire again. We've already established that they did a Spider a Spider Verse movie. Mm-hmm. We've already established that they're putting these weird Raimi references in there. And we've already established, because they did it for us, that 
there's an MCU tie to it that's clear and clear as day. What else could be happening? Now, you think this is from Sony or this is from Marvel? This is purely Sony? Or are they working together? I think it's one of those deals where Sony says, this is what we're going to do. Marvel, they are. <laughs> and you guys are going to have to just work work with us. Like You guys are going to have to just work around it any way we do. Think about it. But, again, we kept asking, why would I ever care about a Morbius movie? And the only time we all cared is that, and that trailer was fine before we saw the Spider-Man stuff. But the only time we really, really cared was when that vulture showed up. And maybe this Morbius movie is leading to something that's massive. Wouldn't that make sense to bring people out? Uh, I, like I just feel like something just, is clear, something is clearly afoot, and I just I feel like I would be I would be. Just completely closing my eyes to it. If I just decided, oh, I don't know, maybe they're just throwing these nods it in here for it. From a business perspective, if you're Sony, and we talked about this even with Marvel, with like Black Widow and Doctor Strange, but like it feels weird from even more weird for if you're Sony, and you say to yourself, all right, we're gonna create this super math Spider-Man cinematic universe, and it's gonna, we're gonna break the internet with it, and we're gonna use Morbius as the way to start it off. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Venom would have made more sense or, like, something that's more box office. And maybe maybe I'm underestimating their feelings on Morbius, but I just didn't never... Like, that. that's going to make Morbius one of, if not their flagship property outside of Venom. But, like, if they introduce all the stuff in Morbius, like, that completely takes it to another level. And, look, they're in the business of making money. I mean, but, yeah, but my thing is Morbius, if, if any movie that needs to... The, the needs boost. a boost to be relevant, it's Morbius. It definitely right. isn't Venom. Venom thing, yeah. had zero connection to anything, Venom, right? yeah. and it did numbers. So, so if there was any movie that absolutely needed that push, it would be Morbius. And when you're talking about dealing with the supernatural, there, I, I could see, I could see them trying something. It may look cockamamie when they try it, if they do try it, but I could see them trying something that ends up Blending universes in a way that we that maybe a lot of people aren't expecting. I think there's a chance that this is is in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe, and somehow Vulture shows up, and that may be something that happens that will be explained maybe in Multiverse of Madness. You know, like there there may be something some something is happening. Well, I, I'm not gonna say it is happening. I just I suspect something may be happening. Let me say that I don't I don't want to say this is 100. percent Clear as day, but it, it otherwise again, this just All doesn't right. make any sense. Like what they're doing doesn't make any sense. All right, so you the only other, EJ, other only other thing that would make sense is you're telling me that Michael Keaton also plays Vulture in this Raimi universe. That's right. the only other thing that makes sense. All right, EJ. So I'm, I'm marking the day. EJ is saying that there's something afoot in Sony's Spider-Man universe. There's some kind of crossover, some kind of multiverse event going on in Sony's Spider-Man universe. I, I think that. It is at the. I think right now, if I had to put a percentage on it, sixty. Wow, that's that's high. I. I just feel like there's too many, for the, they seem weirdly optimistic and weirdly secure in the idea that their Spider-Man universe is gonna work, regardless of whether Disney's involved. That tells me that they, they, you have to have something big afoot. You've you got to be doing something. You, you, like, they were willing to walk away from the table so 
quickly and so easily. That tells me something. That tells me something that you're trying to do. That that tells me that you don't, you don't feel like you need that multi-glomerate, multi-glomerate or conglomerate billionaire, no, billion dollar company to boost you. I don't know. Something is weird. Just that, that's how I, that, that's my that's my initial read on it. Or uh, I mean, look, the the, the non conspiracy kind of boring answer, but maybe we don't want like, we don't want non conspiracy boring. Yeah, exactly. Show. Maybe these people are just lazy. Maybe they nah. just messed up. Not <laughs> twice. Not twice. You can't, lazy. I mean, yo, to make nah. a, a make a full bus ad and then the spray, and then the digitally add Spider Man to a brick wall. That's Raimi. That's not an accident. And put it in the trailer. And put it in the trailer. <laughs> Even if that was a mistake, you're like, yo, we ain't putting this in the trailer, though. And they put it in... They want us to see this. Like, I'm, like these things are done on purpose. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, they knew this this leak would come out. They knew when we saw the Raimi Spider-Man, people would realize, that's not Tom Holland Spider-Man. They said this... These, they were trying to connect Tom Holland to this universe. What's going on? Like, these are, like... These, these people... As we said, these people are smart. They know what they're doing. I don't think they're just making mistakes. Mm. And then the, the the only thing I can say is okay. So if it's not something completely conspiracy, some complete conspiracy, well, what else? All right, are they just doing nods to Raimi? What does that do? Like why? Like why? Like I don't know. Like I just think it would be pointless. They could do it, but I don't. I don't know what they would gain out of it. Yeah, okay, I guess if you're so doing, if they. If you want to do the the newspaper thing, the only what newspaper are you using? You're not using the New York Post. You might as well use the Daily News. But it, the Daily Bugle doesn't, it, like, it doesn't exist as a newspaper in the MCU. But it's, I mean, it it's not their job to make this this MCU. But <laughs> you're bringing in MCU. No, wait, time out. They're bringing MCU characters into the fold, and they're bringing Tom Holland into the but fold. That's what we always, that's what we talked about before, and. We have to remember is that like we don't know this may have nothing to do with anything Marvel wants or cares about. Like they can do whatever they want with Michael Keaton. So like in theory, this may not be in the MCU for all we. We don't know what universe is in. Like they could try and pretend it's in the MCU. They but, they ain't doing a good job. <laughs> but yeah, and that's that's what's strange about it. But. At the same time, they can. But make Tom up Holland's uniform, about, but like, Tom Holland's costume isn't gonna change if he's taken out of the MCU. That's why. I'm, that's why I don't get this. Like, like that. Like that doesn't make sense. Like, it, it, okay, you decided. Well, this isn't the MCU. All right, then why does he look like Tobey Maguire? <laughs> like, like that doesn't. That's just. That's just weird. I mean, that could also just be like a drawing. You know, like a a, a concept art of Spider Man, like in theory. And he just happens to look just like the same. I mean, Spider-Man. and like that's the Easter, egg, you know. And, and of course, I'm making stuff up, but like I think that I think that I think that you know we they're trying to sell us a Brooklyn Bridge if we're gonna buy that. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This is oh, it just happens to look like Sam Raimi. Oh, and the Daily Bugle, but they couldn't do another Daily Bugle logo. They couldn't just make that's, another yeah, one, one that no, we never seen before. They had to use the exact same one from Raimi, like. I mean, man, I, I feel like I'm telling you, man, this is another Claiborne son. And it's like no way, and it's like I think it, I don't I think it just is I think it just is what it is. <laughs> I don't think it means anything more than what it is. Yo, man, this movie, this, this movie, this movie is this movie at the very least all is these crazy hijinks. I, I yeah, see, that's, I, that's, I see the I see the appeal to doing it from a box office perspective, but uh, that's just 
putting a lot of putting a lot of energy into Morbius. This I mean, movie, I, I think is Vulture set in is movie my, that I don't know how many people are you're even gonna see. This movie yeah. is gonna be set in the Sam Raimi universe. Are we gonna see Tobey Maguire? Maybe. Wow. Maybe. Yeah, that's that's a very very bold prediction. That, that's, I'm, that's gonna be your. That's EJ's it's bold Morbius. prediction. They got it. They gotta go for it all. Like they, you you have no choice. You have to do this kind of stuff to me. Like <laughs> if, if, like, they, if they show Toby that screw it, we're not doing anything to birds the prey. Yo, yeah. If they show Toby Maguire in a trailer, oh, that movie's they, making a hundred million easy. Oh yeah. Well, they did. They now nah, they'll never do that. But yes, exactly. <laughs> they did it, and now we all seen it. I. I think that the chances that Maguire shows up in some way or is referenced in some way, they're going to make it clear this is a Sam Raimi Spider-Man Universe movie. Mm. I think that that is going to happen. Why Vulture showing up, I can't quite answer. That's where I'm going to the universe-mending situation. But I don't know if that's exactly what's happening. It could My just guess? it could be they're just My saying, well, we're just going to make that. This is also the Vulture in that universe, too. Like, this is clearly set in the future, because they don't know where Spider-Man is. Last time we saw Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, he was chilling. He was out fighting crime. He didn't retire. So, this is clearly set at a different time. So, that's... I just think that there's too much smoke for there not to be fire. And I think it would be really ridiculous and just be an ultimate troll for you to just put all this stuff in, and it and then it just means nothing. It, it, w- it literally wouldn't make sense. Like, it wouldn't make sense with what they're doing. That's my last thing on it. Um, real quickly, uh, more smoke to the fire in regards to a secret invasion television series, according to Daniel RPK. He's also saying that, um, a, a, a secret invasion TV series for Disney plus is in the works. He's adding that this movie, this show would, uh, add would uh, would, excuse me, would link directly to a Captain Marvel sequel. So we talked about it a little bit before, um, the, does this make a little more sense now to hear that this movie, this, this is, could be going directly to Captain Marvel? The, all this stuff is linking together so neatly. I gotta give you a shout out, EJ, because you were the first one that was on the Secret Invasion stuff. Yeah, I've been. That's one. Of, I feel like the first since he started the show. I feel like I was like yelling Secret Invasion. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you've been touting Secret Invasion for a very, very long time. Uh, maybe Feige's been listening. Feige. Feige's a new generation. Um, you know, he's a subscriber, but um. But yeah, I mean, look, it's all fitting so neatly together. I mean, because that the the timing would be perfect if in Black Widow they have a post credit scene and Black Widow's a scroll or somebody else is a scroll. <laughs> that's what we keep pointing to. Like, that's what we keep pointing to. If, if it's they, not, if that's not the post credit scene, you know, people are going to be very confused. Like, not everybody, but like people like us that are waiting for Secret Invasion are going to be very confused. During that post credit scene, after that movie is done, I'll be like, "Where's the scroll?" I'm be like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here waiting to see a scroll on my movie screen. You know. <laughs> So it's like that's all I've been waiting for. Waiting for that necessarily in Spider Man Far From Home and it happened. Oh like yeah, not right. nearly yeah, as much exactly. as we'll be waiting yeah, for funny. in Black Widow. This is it happened in Spider Man Far From Home. Now I'm like, all right, you gotta show me a scroll in Black Widow. We're waiting for it in Endgame. We're waiting for it now. Yeah, it's and like kinda of do it in I mean, Feige's all like, Oh, this is so important for the universe. Wink wink. It's like, <laughs> yo, you know, Black Widow's dead. This can't be important. The future of the MCU. The future of the MCU. And now we got all this thing about, you know, and we're going to get to it in a moment, with all these, these shows that we don't know about, and we got these rumors that, you know, there's a Secret Invasion show, and it's like, this is all fitting so neatly into that theory, so I think this is very, very interesting stuff. I'm very excited. I'm still confused about how Secret Invasion 
event is going to work in the MCU. But I'm curious to see how Feige is going to try to pull it off. I feel like the confusion, I'm assuming, Shaman, and I'll go to Kendall here, comes from how they've established the scrolls based on... Well, that of uh, completely... Captain Marvel 1. And, um, you know, and also I think... Um, I mean, yeah, again, just on and, top and, of that. And I also think that like, it's it's bold storytelling to, it's to be telling bold. people in a movie. People in a you've movie seen universe. in movies were not who we they told weren't they who were. we thought they were. That's that's they just completely were not who we thought yeah, they were. The <laughs> it's just completely invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, it's just what you're seeing. <laughs> you know, it's just it's crazy. Now we talk about what we what we expect for Black Widow. And, you know, because now we think about, well, first, I'll go on the secret evasion thing. You know, I, I think this, I, I agree that, that obviously there's more smoke to that fire that we'll see this. And, you know, it, it's it's an exciting possibility. And like Shamari said, now you kind of think about when it could happen and will it be Black Widow? The other thing I think about, because now I was, trying, I was starting to think about what would, what could Kevin Feige have meant? If it's not Secret Invasion, because you have to whittle it down. Like, I mean, what? Well, like, I, I think we all know he's not talking about Black Widow as a movie in face value having a huge impact on the future of the MCU. It just nothing that's gonna happen with Red Guardian and you know, <laughs> and any of the characters. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe they're maybe they set up Florence Pugh's character as the next Black Widow for all. I don't know, but. If we're if we're looking for something major, we know that um, again we know it's set it's set in the past, which is interesting. We know we we got the Loki in the Loki trailer. We got or not the Loki trailer, but the the Disney Plus trailer with the shot of Loki. There is a look. He's in some sort of you know jumpsuit. Looks like he's been caught by the. The Time Variance Authority, which is kind of the Marvel Time Police, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And we know in that show, we've known for a while, that show's going to have a lot to do with time travel and um, jumping back and forth in, in, in time. Uh, kind of a period piece kind of show. I say this to say that, you know, could Marvel be setting up Kang the Conqueror as the next villain of the next phase? And could he show up in this movie? Why he would show up in a Black Widow movie, I don't know. But it's also in the past. So it could essentially still be in real time for Kang the Conqueror. When did... when? What is the timeline from the Black Widow movie and when the Disney Fox deal was done? Because that would determine my answer to that question. Because weren't they doing Black Widow before the Disney Fox deal was... I honestly, done. I have no clue. And, and, and in fairness, <laughs> like something like Kang, like I, I would assume negotiated, right? And I would, yeah, he could have. That's a character maybe on a solo terms could have been negotiated. And you could also argue that that's true. If, if it's something like an, an, a post credit scene or something, that's something that maybe you don't necessarily, you know, need to have, you know, from day one. Yeah, you could something you could have acquired and then added, yeah. especially because like by the time the movie was done, I think they probably were like. The deal was done, rather. They probably were filming at that point. Yeah, they were filming. Um, so, like, uh, it's possible. It's certainly possible. It's very I nice. guess. I guess my only question, though, is that, like, we already we just had a movie that was very much rich in time travel. Like, the biggest movie they've ever done was time travel. Do we yeah. need that again? 
you know, I don't, I don't, I would argue no. I would argue we don't need that again. I know Loki is doing it, and I, I'm fine with Loki doing that. It's like kind of an extension from Endgame, but I don't know if I need another, you know, story arc that like that is heavily involves time travel. I think with Endgame being the movie that it was, I think we're kind of off that. Now it's just what's also interesting about Kang, obviously, is that he's the adult version of Iron Lad, mm-hmm. which. You know, if they are doing something with the Young Avengers, also could have massive story implications. Because, you know, we don't know who Iron Lad is even going to be. Is it, you know, Morgan Stark? Is it, uh, is it, uh, whatchamacallit, Harley Keener? I don't know. But, and we don't know if that's even a thing that they're doing. But, you know, that could also end up being like, this is again all very unlikely, but imagine if like Morgan Stark comes back, comes out and like the and like as like a post creation as like a villain in Black Widow, we'd be like, what the just happened? That's true, you know. And so I like that would be that that would be a possibility that I could see them also considering in terms of something that would also like be just as impactful as like Black Widow being this girl. Which we've talked about for reasons why reasons why that I would say it doesn't make sense, but it's 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 hard. It's hard to do. It's not impossible, but it's it's hard. Um, staying staying on the the secret invasion television future of Marvel. Bob Iger came out last week during his big you know teleconference call, and he said that we have. Ten movies, oh, excuse me, ten shows, currently in development over at Disney for Disney Plus. Ten. That's a lot. Um, uh, yes, and I gotta pull up the list. Yeah, the the list right now that we have conf- that semi confirmed or mostly confirmed includes uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh-huh. WandaVision, and Loki. Those shows we're gonna be seeing very soon. Um, the other, the other. Sorry, I'm playing this trailer <laughs> um the other um movies and shows rather include uh what if hawkeye moon knight six miss marvel right. she hulk that's eight she hulk that leaves us two that we don't know right now that are apparently in development we talked about secret invasion okay that could be a big show that would make sense what could this other mystery show possibly be now my gut and i was thinking about this while we were talking about the last topic as well um you know my gut it's also kind of my heart because i mean of course you miss the marvel netflix shows Mm. my gut says it's gotta be daredevil right luke cage the defenders it's gotta be one of them they we keep hearing punisher it's gotta be one of them we keep hearing that you know they have to wait a certain time two years right two years then they could bring punisher back then they can bring daredevil back and, you know, you keep hearing about these things, and it's like, come on. It's like you have to, you know, Feige is listening to the fans. And, you know, it's like in those shows, you know, as much as there was, of course, that beef, you know, between Marvel the Studios and Marvel TV, I mean, you know, if they do a Punisher and it's not John Bernthal, you know, I mean, even good I'm going to feel conflicted about watch, even watching yeah, it. Yeah, good luck. You know, it's like, good luck. That show was so well done. I mean, so they gotta they gotta bring him back. Bernthal and Cox feel, and I'd argue, 
I mean, I'd argue everyone really except for Finn Jones, but definitely Bernthal and Absolutely Cox Bernthal feel, and, Cox. And, and I'd argue D'Onofrio, feel irreplaceable. I feel like if you're doing anything with that aren't those people, it's going to be... It's a tough sell. They it's a very better, tough that sell. Guy, that guy better be really good. And yeah, and it's, it's less from even a... Because other people can play those characters, but will the fan bases care? Right. Because those, fans, those exactly. characters have such rich fan bases. Like, again, I, you know, some of the other ones like that you didn't mention, you could probably get away with. I think people will give them a chance. Other actors, if you cast the right person. I don't know if I, I even me personally, I don't know if I'm giving Daredevil a chance if it's not Carly, Charlie Cox. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch you because I have to, but I'm not going to be excited about it. Yeah. That's the that's that's gonna be, and I I think when those characters come back, because I think they will come back. I think ma- the majority of them will be the same people. That's my gut feeling. I know there's the idea of well, this is Disney Plus. That was, um, you know, Netflix. That was mature content. This is non mature content. We we assume, but I don't. I I I just I think that we they all know what we know is that. To me, to get people, you want to really get those people invested in what you're doing. Why not bring the established core that those characters already have, based on what was established in the Netflix universe? It I mean, makes their job. Those, I mean, those and those shows were like were loose. Were still loosely connected to the MCU. It was very, very, very loosely connected, but it was loosely connected. So yeah, you can. It's seamless. It's a, seam, it's a seamless fit. Yeah, they have a. They already have a set history, and again, you don't have to bring back all of them. Like you don't necessarily have to recast Iron Fist. You don't necessarily have to bring back Iron. Yeah, Fist. yeah, we don't got to see him. Yeah, they may want to, but they don't have to. But like, or Finn Jones could play a bit role, or you could do a Heroes for Hire show. Like there are ways you could be creative with it while still bringing back Daredevil, um, still bringing back Punisher. Like they may not want to do a Punisher show because Punisher on Disney Plus probably doesn't make sense. Nope. Unless they unless they change the the demographic, they could do a Punisher movie if they want to. Yeah, they may not. You know, Bernthal is getting on that level as well. They, you know, I, I forget which movie he was just in, but he was in another. He was in a movie that just uh, oh, Ford vs Ferrari. He was in. Yeah. Um, like there there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for them, but um, I think we'll see those characters again. I don't think that these are the shows they're talking about though. I, I my my gut tells me that I agree. I don't think that these are the shows that they're talking that he's talking about either. I think mm-hmm. that, but I don't. I, I can't. I couldn't tell you what it is though. I mean, my guess is it's, it's on some level related to. There's gonna be something. Uh, there's gonna be something related to space. Because that's the only aspect Nova. that hasn't been covered. A Nova, a, something, a Guardian spinoff. Well, wasn't there supposed to be a rocketing group show? Yes. Well, that was that was an initial conversation. That was it was rumored. I don't think that was ever like an official report. It wasn't yet. official, but like that was something that was that was, that was being discussed. discussed. Yeah, and I can see that being something that they can want to do down, down, down the line. Maybe not like initially out the gate, especially as they want to kind of fill out this this venture and see if it's even viable. We know there were rumors that they were doing Ironheart. We don't know if that's still a thing, but that was something that came out. Sure too. You know, that also to me strikes. Ago. That also strikes me as something you would do down the line, not something would be one of your first two or three shows. So that would make sense that that would be later announced, you know, something for like 2022 when we're five years removed, four years removed from Endgame. Mm. So, like, 
some of the things that we've heard at like those two shows in particular were things we've heard about. Those make sense to be something deep in the future. Right. Of course, you got people also saying, "Oh, is it Cloaking Dagger and Runaways?" Nah, <laughs> no, they're not gonna wait four years to do to just do season three of Runaways. Or... Yeah, no, and yeah, I wouldn't consider that in development. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, those shows. There's definitely not gonna be either of those two shows. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what it's gonna be. I, my, your, you guys' guess is as good as mine, but um. If it was one of those, I mean, boy, talk about to cap off like this little ten batch of shows. They did come out and say the last show is Daredevil. I mean, you want to talk about just like breaking the internet? You know, just, oh, no, I, you know I hate that. Term, can I pay but. for Disney? Can I pay for Disney Plus for ten years in advance? Now, it's Daredevil. Another reason why I definitely don't think it's Daredevil is I worry that I don't think they want to step on Moon Knight's toes like that. That's true too. Like, there's going to be some similarities. <laughs> That's a good point. Just a tone standpoint. <laughs> so like, and, you know, especially if we're going to tone down Daredevil to make him PG, like, it's going to be almost the exact same thing from a lot of levels. So, like, different, obviously, ideals, but, like, a similar tone. So, I don't think they would do that. I would love I those. I would love them to try to maybe put Cox in a in a Moon Knight episode, though. That would be amazing. Right. I doubt that would, they would try that, but. I want to get. I mean, we should be getting it soon, but I want to get casting for some of these people. Yeah, they, I think they are almost done. I think a lot of it is really. They probably are done. There, a lot of them there from the reporting I've seen over the last few weeks. We haven't really talked about it, but they're very advanced in casting. It's just a matter of, I think, making the announcements at this point. So I expect that to come very soon. Like, so like the casting I, for Moon Knight and She Hulk are going to be very, yeah. very. Interesting. I think especially when as they get more comfortable putting out uh, content. From the shows that are coming out this year and early next year, the three shows. Right, because you know Marvel doesn't like to step on yeah. their, their upcoming properties toes. Exactly, as they start to do more more promo for that stuff, that's when I think you'll start to finally hear some castings for, you know, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight and She Hulk. They're gonna like have to that. start filming as well. Exactly. Um, let's uh, let's let's uh, let's do this Birds of Prey review real quick. So, um, once again, spoiler section of the show. Birds of Prey, um, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I mean, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Or, yeah, technically right now it's Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, I guess. I, whatever. Um, this is a spoilers review directed by Kathy Ann, stars Margot Robbie. If you have not seen the movie, per usual, might want to say, thanks, guys. See you next week for more Hero Talk. But if you have seen the movie and you want to hear about it, we're about to discuss it. Probably won't be as long as our other reviews because we're running really long on the show. Probably be like 20 minutes here. Um, uh, and if you don't care, if you if you didn't see it but you just want to hear us talk about the movie and maybe we'll make you decide to see it, then by all means, stick around. But I guess I'll go first. I, I thought this movie was great. I really did. Um, I think that the action took me by surprise. I, I guess it didn't take me by surprise as much because so many people kept telling me that it was this action-packed. But you're kind of thinking, okay, how action-packed is it? And it's a lot of action. Um, it was really great to kind of see them truly embrace, like, just putting, you know, Robbie and even Rosie Perez and, you know, Smollett and Winstead, we kind of expected them to be action characters, but to even put those other two uh, uh, ladies in that in those roles and having them just like throwing down and really throwing down it was cool to see especially rosie perez at the end of the movie it was really cool to see 
Um, I thought that the the humor for the most part hit. It was it was good. It was it was it was different kind of humor than I think maybe like someone like me being a male, honestly, was expecting. And it was but it wasn't bad, it just was different. But it was it was cool. I liked it. Um the acting performances I think are pretty much all fantastic. Uh Robbie is just great as Harley Quinn. I think she was actually I think much better in this Harley Quinn than she was in Suicide Squad. Um, I think that uh, Ewan McGregor as Black Mass may be the best DC villain ever. Like, he, in terms of, in, like, because Black Mass is a certain way, and, you know, they're going to, you know, Kathy Yan and, and, and Hudson, who wrote the script, Hudson, who wrote the script, like, they were going to, they you know, they, they, they had their twist onto him, for sure. But, like, that was Black Mass. Like, just, like, Kind of like just like loose cannon, um, yearning for like attention and like power and adoration. Like Black Mass is very like it's hard to describe, but he's kind of immature. Yeah, and yeah, he's a nutcase. Yeah, yeah, and like and like the way like they were able to to capture that in Ewan's performance, and Ewan's able to capture it in his own performance, just unbelievable job he was great um downsides for me for the movie it it, it comes it this isn't the movie's fault but it goes to the market i mean it's a birds you say it's birds of prey and we didn't really get a lot of birds of prey huntress is in the movie black canary is in the movie rosie perez is you know as you mean uh, you know montoya is in the movie but they they're they're never really the birds of prey until the very very end, and even you know especially Hunter's character who I did enjoy a lot, her insertions her insertions into the movie are so like kind of random and so kind of like not kind of disjointed from the rest of the plot. It just feels like it, like you shouldn't have told your 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 people that this was going to be a, a, a birds of prey movie. You shouldn't have told your audience this was birds of prey because by the end when she's when Harley Quinn's saying like you know those three yeah ditched them but like you know they decided that they'll be their own crime finding unit and they're going to be just fine. They call themselves the birds of prey. I like the name. Like that's a that's a a beautiful ending. I thought. Like I was like wow that really worked and sit like it was very sentimental it hit well. I hated Hunter's costume, but that was besides that. Uh that moment I was like oh wow that's a really great moment. That makes sense. And I was like why didn't they just do that? Why didn't you just say this is a Harley Quinn movie and like tease at the end? Oh, like we just established the Birds of Prey as a thing. Why would you give away that they're gonna become the Birds of Prey in the title? Like it just right. That that's was the, that's what I was gonna say earlier when I was like I won't get into it because spoilers. But like they call it, it's a Birds of Prey movie, but not, they're, they're they're not the Birds of Prey. It's literally like the last scene of the movie. Yeah, to the last the the ending closing monologue of the movie. That's when they establish a separate thing that is not in the movie. Right. It's but, a, like you said, that'd be a better name for a sequel. Right, it'd be a great name a for a sequel. Or a spin-off, exactly. And it just was it was weird. The but, other the other nitpick I had too was I, I thought they went with a very unorthodox storytelling format for the first twenty to thirty minutes of the movie. And I think it could kind of take you out of it. Like it kinda took me out of it a little bit. It was a little unnecessary. It was a little unnecessary. Like I didn't think they needed to <coughs> jump from time, like time to time, and I know they they tried to do a little bit of a Deadpool 
thing of like breaking the fourth wall and having Harley tell the story. And of course, her being unstable, it's gonna be whatever. But I don't know if I needed her narration even. Like I think, I think it was just like I think it got a little too cute in that area. Like I was like, okay, I didn't need this. This could have just been told linearly and it would have been fine. Like things were happening that, like, I guess me being a, like a superhero fan, like I know. Oh, okay, I know Huntress is the guy who killed these mob bosses. I know why she did it. It's like all like like they were leading me down a mystery that wasn't really a mystery. And well, yeah, that's and and then like doing the whole like we're gonna tell the story non linear in a non linear way, just just added confusion. It was just like wait a minute, like I know what's happening, but why are they showing this to me in a different way and out of order? Mm. It just seemed completely unnecessary. Mm. It didn't ruin yeah. the movie because everything about the movie is fun, but it just. It just was unnecessary. That's the only way I can describe it. That last part that you mentioned about the Huntress thing kind of also leads back to what I was mentioning in the beginning of your show about how I feel like this movie actually works better as a movie that if you don't know anything about the characters and you're kind of finding things out as they happen, like, it's probably more interesting. But like you said, like, Huntress doing stuff, and I'm like, I, I, I know what's happening. So it's kind of, I won't say it's boring, but it's kind of like, all right, we get it, you know, or... Black especially canary, when you don't, you, know, you don't. Especially when, you, especially when you don't I'm, add any character to the actions, right? Like and, to me, like if I got to know who Huntress was and then I see her doing this, maybe I feel differently. But me not you not introducing her other than just being the crossbow killer, and which is very Arrow esque, very uh, very Flash esque, like, oh, the crossbow killer. Well, that was clearly a joke though, <laughs> which was it was funny to me. Right, right, right. Um, but like. To me, like it just, it just, it took, it, it, it takes me out of it because I'm like, okay, not, her. she's just a random person who's killing people. I know exactly who it is. I know exactly why she's doing it. Why are you even showing me this? And you have that. You have Black Canary, who like they kind of tease. Oh, she, there's something kind of up with her, and then they kind of get. But like for me, like and for all of us, like we we know what's up. We know she has the the voice thing, but they don't like. I'm sitting there the whole movie, like, oh, is she even gonna, like, do the canary cry? But eventually they do it, and by the end, I'm kind of like, all right, whatever, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that, you didn't need that build-up like, for that. I'm kind of yeah. like, all right, at least they did it, you know? Like, I'm crossing it off a list, because, like, they were kind of messing around with it the whole movie, but they didn't really even establish that she didn't want to use it. Like... Or so, why, like, yeah. That moment at the end where, you know, Matoya has to kind of get it out of her, it's kind of like, oh, I mean, I guess I get what they were trying to do, but... You don't really feel it until it actually happens. So there are aspects of it where it's like, again, if you didn't know, it probably means more kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't even know she could do that. Now I know what's happening. But like, if you do, you're kind of just like waiting for them to do things. So I think that was that was a little bit of a negative. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. But overall, I, I, I think it was, I think it was a very good movie. I, I, I agree. I think the best part of this movie for me was Hugh McGregor. Uh, as Black Mask, um, him and Victor Zaz I thought were excellent. Um, <laughs> I, this guy has surpassed Gotham Victor Zaz as the best Victor Zaz uh, <laughs> out there. <laughs> you know, shout, <laughs> although Gotham, shout out Gotham to Gotham Victor Zaz, man. Yeah, he was good. He, just, I think he just got watered down by like season four. You know, they kept using him. I'm like, All right, we're going back to this guy. <laughs> but um. But no, yeah, I mean, I thought they had an excellent kind of chemistry. It worked. Um, I, I, I thought uh, you mentioned the Black Mask character. Obviously, they got him perfectly. I told Shamari, if 
Suicide Squad used the same Black Mask character as the villain, that movie would have been eight times better. I'll do that. Yeah. That movie would have been a hundred million times better. They could have, they could have told sim- a very similar story and used the Suicide Squad, and that movie would have been incredible. Just like this movie was very good. Yeah. But they told a story in that that shows you a lot of times the villain and the, the plot is very important to a movie. You could have a good cast, good characters. Um, but if the plot doesn't make any sense, <laughs> it's not going to be a good movie. Um, there, there, see, there were some interesting things about the in early production of the movie. There were some leaks from uh, Grace Randolph. She had said that um, the the initial story was supposed to be, and this was this had came out a long time ago, and I didn't ever, I never really brought it up because you know you don't know what the spoiler, you don't know what's a spoiler or not. Yeah. But it turns out she was she was almost right. Uh, but she said that you, she said that black, the story was supposed to be that black mass was trying to get a diamond, but that the diamond was inside the diamond instead of what ended and what ended up being was the Bertinelli code, whatever to the account or whatever. But like her initial reporting that the diamond was supposed to have, um, like some sort of lewd picture of black mask and that I guess he just didn't want it to get out or you just like and that was like and people heard that and were like this sounds so stupid like what is this like yeah. you know so it's interesting how like that got out it sounded crazy they may have changed it they probably did because she was she was almost spot on what the story was so I can imagine they probably were like this isn't being received well they may have even put it out there to see how people would react but um I'll be honest I, I could see that being the story at some point because I think that in my opinion there were definitely allusions to some kind of romantic tension between Mask and Zaz. Oh yeah, they they confirmed it a couple weeks ago. Okay, so I wasn't that, only picked up. that they were a thing. Yeah, um, but in the movie, they're they're uh, they're less. They're almost they're it's more innuendo than it is. Yeah, fact, right? exactly. Um, which is interesting. Uh, I I thought it'd be more obvious. I mean, it was obvious from on a lot of levels, but I thought it'd be even more obvious than kind of it ended up being. Um, but I like, I, so you can, so that's why that's part of the reason why, like, I think people were concerned. Um, and it ended up being a story that, and also you could kind of tell the way Ewan McGregor's character was mm-hmm. that, like, I could see, like, in terms, in terms of like his, like, you know, bounce off the wall kind of, you know, he's black mask. Yeah. He's kind of wild. Like I could see him doing something crazy. And then like, that being the, the end of yeah, him, yeah, him, being, like, him uh, willing to turn to really tear apart the city, right? So that he could so so minuscule, yeah. Like, and that would have actually been funny. Would have been a bit. It's very Deadpool esque, but I think they probably felt that's too cartoony. Yeah, it might have been a little too much. Yeah, it might have been a little too cartoony. Yeah, I actually, think what they did was much better. And like, I thought the story worked. I thought the backstories to, I thought especially the backstory to Huntress that could have been a movie. And it could be a movie, but again, we talked about in the beginning at casting and stuff. Like people aren't going to see that movie. But from a story perspective, I, I thought that was an extremely interesting backstory. That I think they actually kind of sold short by the end of the movie. They kind of like, you know, they were hyping it up, and then by like the third act, it's they kind made of it, they made it a joke. Yeah, they kind of made it a joke. It was kind of like, all right, I thought this was like really like this was a, this was a really serious character. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, was- like I. Nissal Ghoul, Talia Ghoul. I was going to say, he's like, like Daredevil or something. Yeah, like Daredevil. 
And now, you know, she's kind of cracking jokes. I'm like, this, is a little, this doesn't really match. But they, they all have to kind of match the flamboyancy. I mean, at Tomorrow, I thought the Black Canary backstory and, and you know, my toy talking about I knew your mom. And she was like, well, where were you when she mm-hmm. was dead in the ditch? And, like, them going with the whole idea that this Laurel Lance, uh, Dinah Laurel Lance, you know, is a le- legacy character just like she is in the comic books. Like, that was, I don't know, I guess maybe because we've been seeing various canaries in arrow yeah i just you almost i almost forgot like that was part of her story though they've never included that in arrow obviously uh-huh. i was like wow i was like that's a really that was a really powerful scene i was glad they added that yeah yeah i, th- I thought that was really cool i liked um i mean i love black canary in this movie i like the movie as a whole you know i thought the movie as a whole was very well done um I mean, shout out to Kathy Ann and Christina Hudson who uh, wrote the movie. Or it's it's just very well done. Shout out to Margot Robbie; she did a wonderful job. Yeah, man. She she is very very talented, and she's she's ex- fabulous as Harley Quinn. Yeah, she does a spectacular job. I think I think uh, I think um, uh, what's his name uh, Ayer. Uh, you know, shout out to Ayer. You know, for casting Margot Robbie. I mean, she is Harley Quinn at this point. Um, but yeah, I thought the movie was really good. All the all the all the acting performances were great. Um, the action was great. I thought, no, it, obviously Cassandra Kane's character was very different than well, the Cassandra yeah, Kane character we're different. used to seeing. But I mean, but I, I even very her. much enjoyed the character. Yeah. And um, I mean, uh, in the also another thing to note, the movie was way funnier than I thought it would be. I found myself laughing a lot in this movie. It's a funny yeah. movie, yeah. You know, it's a very funny movie. So it's a really, really fun movie. It's not just oh, I want to see superheroes. Like this is a movie you go to have fun. I thought it was a very fun movie. Um, I mean, if there were any negatives, I would say that. Um. Uh, I well is and this is just a personal negative. I think that and I remember watching the beginning. I'm like, uh, Joker could have been in this, and I'm a little guy, of course, but mm-hmm. I feel like Joker could have been in this. I think I, I think remember, I thought Joker was I thought Joker was in the in the trailers. I thought Joker was in the car. Or at least even if he was if we didn't see him, I thought that was the bit was that she drove him into Ace Chemicals and blew him up. And that like we don't know, like maybe he probably would have gotten out, but like that was a bit. Yeah. Right. Like I kinda thought it was kind of like they were playing up this thing of oh, she blew up Ace Chemicals, like, whoa. Yeah. And like I, I didn't really get it that much. But um Oh yeah, I agree with Shamari though. I think Leto would have made sense. In the movie. Yeah, I mean, even even if it wasn't just in the beginning, I think he, I think, I think he could have been in the movie as like as someone in Gotham. You I know. do feel like you know, I think there was his presence was looming large throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I part of, I kind of go back and forth because part of me is like I kind of like the idea that they decided no, we're gonna let Holly Quinn let this be from the, her perspective is about her freedom from this yeah. guy, unless we let, let her, the story be about her. Mm-hmm. I do feel like a a breakup scene with those two would have been. That would have been cool. Really, really beneficial. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if, like, the idea of just being, like, pure to just being a Harley Quinn movie, like, was worth not including that. Especially when you're naming the movie Birds of Prey. I, right. I definitely would. I would definitely argue it's not. Because clearly you're not even committed to the name of the movie being Harley Quinn as it should have been. But, yeah, I don't know. This movie this movie felt way more like, like, it, like to me, this movie felt more like the Gotham City Sirens almost. Like this, this, and that's what I was gonna say. It's funny you bring that up because when you mentioned the movie feeling different and the Birds of Prey kind of coming at the end, we have to remember 
like the Birds of Prey was a different movie than Gotham City Sirens, which was also a different movie than Harley Quinn and the Joker. Yeah. And they've kind of combined all three <laughs> into one movie, and that's why it feels weird. That's why it feels like, wait, why are there the Birds of Prey at the end of the movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is I thought this was the Birds of Prey movie. But in reality, it's a it's an amalgamation of all three. And it really they just had poor a poor choice of title, poor marketing decisions. And that's what's that's what's that's on Warner Brothers. Like that's not on anyone else besides the people that marketed the movie. That's on that that's on Walter Ramada. That's on that entire division. Yeah, they I mean, yeah, we've gone at length of how terrible they did. Um we should give uh, grades for this. Um Shamar, you go first. Out of ten, Birds of Prey. Uh I give it an eight point seven. It was really good. I very much enjoyed my time. I enjoyed my time in the movies. I think it's a very good movie. I'm gonna get the DVD. I'm gonna stream it. I thought it was very, very good. Kendo. Uh I'm gonna go seven point five. Uh, I thought it was very solid. Um I thought Black Mass, I agree with the best DCEU villain by far. Um I think while with that being said, I think it, it, it had a little bit of a shortcoming, a little, a, a little, a couple of shortcomings, and some issues. I, I just think in terms of it had a ceiling, and I think it kind of meet, it reached its ceiling on some levels, but there were a little bit of there are areas, certainly areas for improvement, and I think like for this, I think this is a win for Warner Brothers. Like it's not a win financially, but from a a narrative standpoint, it's another very solid movie by Warner Brothers, along with Shazam, along with um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Uh, that's starting to become a positive streak now of good movies. And we didn't talk about it before, but real quickly, how much of how much of this box score is also indicative of Warner Brothers still having to play catch up with how they started this DCEU? Because we talked about, because uh, like, I've defended the Shazam box office score, but people have talked about how it wasn't as high as it could have been. And, yeah, and has to, Joker did great, with, but that was maybe word of mouth. I think it has to do more with even beyond the entire DCU stain. I think Suicide Squad being a bad movie mm. did not help. Like, it was a Suicide Squad spinoff, and that movie was bad. That's true. One so thing that, that, it's funny because I was going to argue the opposite. Uh, and this is something I didn't bring up in the last time we, we in the, the last time we were talking about um, the box office flop, I thought if they had relied more heavily on Suicide Squad, if they had made more references to Suicide Squad, like say Leto being in the movie, if they had made more connections to that movie. I think more people would have come to the movie. It's the same thing we've been talking about this whole time, where it's like they kind of like one foot in, one foot out yeah. with a lot of the stuff. Like yeah. they did reference it a they little bit, uh, and yeah. like yes, Robbie, Boring. like she still has yeah. the tattoos and stuff, so she is kind of yeah. still that character. But there's no Leto. Like, I don't know. You got to go all in all out. Like, I, I think, I, I, I guess I kind of agree with both you guys. And I feel like they, they should have done one or the other. I think they either should have completely just distanced himself, put Margot Robbie in the Batman animated series costume and look, and just, just change everything about it. And make it look nothing like Suicide Squad. Um, or they should have embraced Suicide Squad a little more. They did this kind of halfway deal. So then the people who didn't like Suicide Squad have no reason to watch it. People who like Suicide Squad, and there are those people out there who have no reason to watch this. Yep. So again, that's a marketing campaign. But I, I did think the DC question was interesting. Um, for me, a grade, I'm gonna go with eight. 
this was a good movie. It was fun. It was it was exciting. I do get Kendall's point that I think it, based on the movie they were kind of what based on what they were trying to achieve, the movie probably had a ceiling, um, and that's fine. Sometimes you don't make movies like Ant Man isn't supposed to be a ten out of ten movie. You know, it just is what it is. Uh, and there are some movies that exceed expectations, like Deadpool one, for example. So it's not like it doesn't mean they couldn't do better than this. But I think for Everything I could have wanted and everything I could have expected, based on the now knowing what the story was going to be, they executed everything pretty solid. Except there were a few issues I had, I think that you couldn't done more with the other characters with the Birds of Prey. But it was a Harley Quinn movie, so it's like, how can I? How much can I? Really going to get you get on you about that if that's not the movie you were giving me? It's just confusing because the title was Birds of Prey. That's what makes this confusing. If this was Harley Quinn, I probably would not even be worried about that. I'd probably be like, "Wow, I'm really excited for when they do a Birds of Prey spinoff." Like, I like I don't know what the future is, especially now the box office is what it is. But, um, but the performances are outstanding. The writing is good. The action is fantastic. Really, really fun action. And I think it will take a lot of people by surprise if you've not heard the reviews or seen the trailer or anything like that. Um, just all out fun. Just a, a movie with a lot of spirit, a lot of uh, a lot of fun, and I'm ex- I'm excited. You know, the other thing, though, the movie and this kind of thing DC's been kind of having trouble with is similar to Shazam, and it's definitely similar to Joker. I mean, there's no world building really in this movie. It is very contained. Outside of continuing that, there's a Birds of Prey team now. There really isn't allusions to further things in the Gotham City universe uh, in this movie. And that's been something that, you know, that's... I don't know. I'm not sure what DC's trying to do. I did, I guess, well, we know what they're trying to do. I've said it on the show many times. I think they're going to just do these things on their own. And then just, when they want to combine them, just combine them, just like they do in the comic books. I guess I just feel like that's the one missing element, is they're doing these good movies that are all kind of good as one-offs, but what is it leading to? Right now, it's leading to nothing. To me, like I, nothing I saw in this movie leads to any bigger thing. Nothing I saw in Joker leads to any bigger thing. At least that's what they've told us. We've there are people are yearning for more, but that's the way they presented it. It's just is what it is. Shazam just is what it is. Like, at what point, like, do we say, okay, what are you just are you just making just good solo movies? And like, that's Which, fine. And that's, that's what fine. you're doing, right? Yeah. But. It, but that's the question that's gonna that I can now kind of ask every time I see these movies because this is now like the fourth in a row where I'm like this leads really to nothing. There's no allusions to anything beyond this movie. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's bad, but like now I'm just like waiting for the next one off. Yeah. So that's just the one thing I would say. But still, really good movie. You should definitely go see it. They badly need that coin, so go see Birds of Prey. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm giving it eight out of ten. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Warner Brothers badly needs that coin either. Okay, they don't badly need the coin. Well, here's what I'll say: Kathy Yan badly. Yeah, Kathy Yan, Kathy Yan, and and Hudson and 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 the cast they need that coin. They they deserve that coin. I'm, a That's Warner Brothers executive, especially in the marketing department, didn't earn any money you'll be giving them by seeing this movie. But at the very least, the cast and the crew that worked on it, they desperately do deserve and need that coin because this movie should not be. Thirty three open thirty three million dollar opening opening weekend with a mega star. It's at eighty, I believe, right now. Eighty. It's at eighty on the dot, so I'm pretty much right along line with the Rotten Tomatoes score. That's fair. Which I think is a fair number. Like I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think that's right where I would put it. It's a good movie, man. Y'all should check it out. 
that will be it for this week's edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, of course, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at New Generation Pod, on Instagram at New Generation Podcast, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow Shamari at MCSham22 on uh, Instagram and Snapchat. You can find me on Instagram, Action EJ on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Hope you guys enjoyed. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.